0: The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. Darkimaginings.com
1: For the deepest, darkest cruise, to the backwoods swamp where the bottom, from the inside of your casket, to the fears lodged are deep inside your subconscious, it's time for be scared <laughs>
2: Hey, this is Ron Fazio from the Toxic Avenger Part 2 and Part 3, and you're
3: listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Travis Bowling with the American Horrorplex, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show.
4: Hey everybody, it's CJ Graham, Jason Voorhees, that's right, Friday the 13th Part 6, and you're listening to Big Scary Show.
5: Hello,
6: creeps. It's me,
4: John Kassir, the voice of...
6: The Crip Keeper. <laughs> yeah. And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry.
5: <laughs>
6: yeah. What's up, America? This is Dave Sheridan. You might know me from movies like Victor Crowley, Devil's
7: Rejects, and Scary Movie. And you're listening to... The Big
8: Scary Show.
7: Hey, my name's Gary. I'm part of the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters. Shout out to the Big Scary
8: Show. Hey, my name is Kevin. I'm part of the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters. And big shout out to the Scary Show.
1: You're listening to the Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears
9: more makeup than I do.
0: And ladies and gentlemen... October is over. Halloween has passed. There's still a few haunts open this weekend and even next weekend, so the haunt season is pretty much winding down. But that doesn't mean the big scary shows winding down. In fact, we're just getting started. We're gearing up with a whole lot of stuff on this episode 275. We've got interviews from all over the place. We've got some from Tiny Terror Con in North Carolina, the Haunted Pyramids. We've even got interviews from the Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, and the American Horrorplex in Louisville, Kentucky, and Wicked World Scaregrounds in Lexington, Kentucky. We are all over the place, giving you a lot of reasons to avoid post-Halloween depression. So kick back and let's listen. Storm's going to be ranting again, this time about all those weird and wacky spirit Halloween costumes. Meat Hook Jim's going to be talking about torture chambers in between the corpses. The old crone is back, talking about how haunters can assimilate back into normal society after the haunt season. We've all had that problem. I'm going to be bringing you the latest in deadline news, plus all these interviews from Scarefest, The Haunted Pyramids, Tiny Terror Con, and more, so be sure to stick around for that. We've got a new gruesome giveaway for the month of November, so please, please, please listen carefully and enter that contest, because it is the season of giving. The Roundtable of Terror talks about the past month and the haunt season with the four Cahos. We talk about what we did, where we went, what haunts and things we've seen, and we even get into a little bit of retrospective about Halloween's gone by. And to top it off, we've got some really spooky tunes to keep you in the Halloween spirit, even though the holiday has passed. All this and so much more here on episode 275 of The Big Scary Show. No post Halloween depression here. Not New in concept, Sinbad's adventures. Bold in adventure, Sinbad's feats of heroism. Mighty in conquest, Sinbad's devastating power. The lost world of Sinbad. See, reign of the flaming death turn the sky into a fiery inferno. The giant of Amarcand whose strength is equal to 1,000 men. The whip dance of the virgins in exotic orgies of evil. See, the lost world of Sinbad in color scope. Amazing beyond belief. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live out at the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina, getting ready to kick it off. The ticket sales just went up. And like I've been talking about all season, Tony has been bringing in some extra special guests all season long. They don't get much more special than this guy. You know, the Munsters are big in the news right now. So why not bring in one of the original, Mr. Butch Patrick. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Thank you, Drew. I'm really happy to be here. And um, how has it been? You were here last night. People have been admiring the coaches. You know, Tony's owns a Dragula. You've got the original Munsters coach, or one of the Munsters coaches out here, and... uh People have just been coming out here taking
10: pictures. Looks like everyone's having a good time. I know. I come and revisit my old stuff here. Tony bought my Dragula. <laughs> not any Dragula. He bought Yours. One, My Dragula. Did you then, autograph it for him? Absolutely. The <laughs> and he's got the haunted the uh, the uh, escape room trailer with the Munster theme. I'm so happy it's out here. It found such a great home, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But what did, you know, I wanted my my girlfriend's with me. Giselle flew in. I wanted her to see the haunted pyramids firsthand. Naomi was here. Catch up with a good old friend. Delightful and, woman. And then Ari, you know, I, I know Ari really well. And again, Giselle an Ari uh, Jason pop to get signed by Ari so we're just having a great time
0: yeah Ari Lehman's out here first Jason's getting ready to put on a uh, concert you would think that um you know tony must just be made of money being able to bring in all you guys and doing this stuff but man the crowds here last
10: night yeah. were insane yeah it was line after line after line it was it was really really nice to see a bunch of people coming out and really having a good time it's uh it's amazing it's this 25th anniversary couldn't happen yep. to a nicer guy nice group of folks out here so if you haven't been out to the haunted pyramids you need to make it out <laughs> And uh, one thing before I let you go here, because they're getting ready to start
0: lining up here to get pictures and see stuff. Um, You were talking to me that um, you're getting ready to have a new Munster's Wagon commissioned. Yeah. Or you're in the process of building one that's a little bit more original than a lot of them.
10: What's going on there? Well, I uh, I wanted to build one that like Grandpa drove. The one that Tony bought for me was from Munster Go Home. The open one with that Herman drove because he couldn't fit in it. So I'm building a couple accurate ones, and I actually have the uh, the molds being built from the original uh, caskets and Munster coach. So when people want to buy their own or build their own, they will be talking to me, hopefully. And then number two, I'm building a haunted attraction of my own in uh, Conway, Georgia. Oh Excuse wow! Me, Conway, Arkansas, next year. Big difference. Yeah, I know. Next year.
0: What kind of a theme park is this thing going to be? Is this going to be like Munsters themed or is this going to be like a general everything?
10: It's going to be a general hayride, haunted trail, this and that, but it will have a Munsters, basically you will enter through the Munsters front door and it'll look like it'll be color outside. It'll be like the opposite of Wizard of Oz. You come from color to black and white. go inside, it'll look like stage 32 where we filmed. And I'm also going to have a museum of interest and history about how the whole haunted industry basically can owe its roots to the Universal Monsters of the 1930s. Oh wow! And when are you expected to open this? Oh, that'll be that'll
0: be next uh, October. Oh man! And it's got a name. The official name is.
10: Oh, yeah, we got a okay. mockingbird, Bird, Maze, 1330. It'll be something munster
0: Oh Well, I'm sure hopefully we'll hear about that and we'll put that out on the news. For people wanting to meet Butch Patrick, he's a busy, busy man, you know, but he comes all over the country to shows, car shows, conventions and things.
10: Where are some places you're going to be over the next few months? Oh, my gosh. Just go to Munsters.com. I've got a pretty hectic schedule, and I've already got things booked for next year, and they're posted on Munsters.com uh, at my fan page and also underneath the... Um, the schedule. Excellent, Butch Patrick.
0: Always a pleasure to talk to you, Thanks, sir. Bro. I wish you the best of luck here at the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina. My name's Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show.
9: We're out. The old crone has found the best cure for those post-Halloween blues. Head to the legendary haunt tour in Nashville, Tennessee, November 11th and 12th. You'll visit Tennessee's terrifying slaughterhouse, Nashville. Devil's Dungeon and Haunted Hell. The Millers, Thrillers, Haunted Woods, and Nashville Nightmare. All in just two nights. Tickets on sale now at legendaryhaunttour.com. I promise you'll either be cured or dead. <laughs>
1: Jimmy's Psycho Experiment The Monster's Theme Demo Lounge Version On The Big Scary Show
0: Everybody, Drew Badger out here live on the road. I'm in Nicholasville, Kentucky, at the Wicked World Scaregrounds. You gotta love this place. Came out here for the Haunters Against Hate. Did a Lights On tour. Came out here for Midwest Haunters Convention years ago when they did a tour. This is the first time I've been here during season, and I'll tell you what, doors haven't even opened yet. You got to line out the door here, and it looks like it's gonna be a great night. So let's talk to Jeremy. Hey. And uh,
11: find out how Wicked World's doing. Jeremy Kenley, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've actually been doing really well this season. We were uh, pleasantly surprised when we uh, when we kicked off in uh, late September. Numbers have been up across the board. We're happy with that. Uh, even, you know, with the way things have been going this year, inflation, gas, and everything's going up, but uh, people still want to come out, be entertained, and get scared.
0: Well, you're one of the uh, bigger haunts in the greater Lexington area. You know, Louisville's got a nice... Nice contingency up there. Cincinnati's got some good haunts up there. You're kind of in between the two. So people from Lexington, especially at UK and all that, are seeming to come out here and enjoy it. uh, As we said before we started, they're kind of staying local, it sounds like.
11: Yeah, that's one thing we've noticed. People are still doing a lot of the local stuff, entertainment stuff. Um, They may not be doing the big spending like they used to, but right now it seems businesses are doing okay, and people are rolling in, and I think we're in a good spot being here in central Kentucky. We're not... uh, we're, we're not an oversaturated marketing thing, so uh, we've got a good amount of people to pull from, and uh, it's been a great season so far. Reviews are good, everybody's having fun.
0: Now, when I came here for the Haunters Against Hate show back in July, you were doing a lights-on through one of the buildings, but Correct. you've got more than that. Correct. So for people, you know, you, you know, coming out here, what, what am I in for here, I guess I should ask?
11: <laughs> Hopefully a lot of entertainment. <laughs> uh, we've, well, we've got our nice big midway out here, our pumpkin barn for photo ops and everything. We've got our DJ on the stage over there. Uh, we've got our food vendor gift shop and everything going. But we've got three attractions out here. We've got the Nightmare Haunted House, which is our main one you start with first. Was that the um, one we went through? Everyone. That was the one you took the lights on tour of, yep. Uh, you go from that to Hunted in the back, which is our uh, military zombie laser tag one. Now, from last year to this year, we completely gutted that whole thing, tore everything out, put a brand new floor in, completely revamped it, new walls, new layout, new sights and sounds, and new everything. And we literally worked up to the day the doors opened and a little past that to get it ready. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we've got our outdoor trail, which is the... uh which is the valley, and you come up to Earl's gas station, and you ask him to take you to the other side, and you get to walk the veil between the living and the dead.
0: Uh, and, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to figure out what that means, right? Oh, you're going through, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Got love, to gotta love the veil. So, <laughs> so as far as year this year is going, you're saying, you know, it's going to be a good year, higher than normal, and everything like that. It's
11: looking yeah. so, yeah, with the numbers being up so far, like I said, we're not... Uh, We're not blowing last year out of the water, but we're ahead of last year at this point. So we're we're happy with that.
0: So many people were saying last year was their best season ever. And a a Mm -hmm. lot of it, again, had to do with the Mm -hmm. fact that the world was shut down for about two years. So a lot of people did not get a chance to go. There's a lot of haunted houses that were closed. Right. Ones that were open seemed to be doing well. Right, right. And then this year it's kind of like, I, I hate to say it this way, but the novelty of having a haunted house open is gone, because last year you were open, so now it's two years in a row. Right, right. So I'm glad that your numbers are raising Mm -hmm. up a little bit. But around the country, I've talked to a lot of people, and they said, not quite as good as last year. Still very good year. They're making money. Everyone's happy. But it's just not quite... And, and, you know, we still got a week or two to change that.
11: We're, I think a lot of haunts are kind of somewhere in between the past two years. They're still up. They may be a little under last year with the way, you know, spending's gone this year. But, uh, like you said, the novelty of being open has kind of worn off. But the one thing that we've noticed the past two years, we've had so many new people come nice. out that have never been here. And it was that, you know, I'm tired of staying home, doing nothing. I want to get out and experience something new. So we've had a huge surge of new people come out that have never been here, first-timers. And I think what we're seeing is those people are now coming back, bringing more new people, and so it's kind of helped with that snowball effect. But, yeah, so far, I can't complain. We've, <laughs> we've, we've been doing good.
0: Excellent. You know, I was at the American Plex in Louisville last uh-huh. night. They were doing great numbers. They've had a, a great year so far, and, and I'm glad to hear that you're doing a great year so far. I've actually been working at a haunted house this year. It's the first time I've actually had a, quote-unquote, home haunt to work at in years. You know, I'm a freelance actor, but I've I've just been... Working at this one, huh? Because their their staffing is issue. They're they're out in the middle of nowhere. They're oh, hard to I find. Got, yep, a I lot got. of people that have worked with
11: them for years have gone off to college or have moved yep. or just. The past couple of years, we've had issues with that too, mm-hmm. and it was hard to find people that wanted to come in and, and work. But luckily, this year, I don't know, you know, knock on wood, but we've actually had a great group of actors come in. New actors. Um, we've picked up a lot through the season too, which is weird. But uh, we've actually been been really well staffed this season. So, like I said, knock on wood, we've been lucky.
0: So your last day is Halloween. Are you opening in the first week in November or what? We
11: are going through Halloween on that Monday. Uh, we've got a Kids Day right. event on uh, on that Sunday. I We're doing do. another There's kids event we of, did last year. Some kind of blackout, Went really well. We're doing something? a special event on November 5th. We are doing Blackout again. We're going to run that again. That was a lot of fun. We did a couple years ago. People came out, had a blast, loved it. It was a lot of fun. So we're going to run that again. Uh, that will be the weekend after, and uh, we're going to see how that goes.
0: And any plans to do anything off-season, Christmas
11: or Valentine's Day maybe? <laughs> we we talked about it. People have tried to convince us we're we're. Back and forth on the Christmas one, but it's going to cut into some of my build time because now I've got a, a brand new laundry list of stuff that I want to do. <laughs> so, but you won't catch me redoing an entire haunted house in the off season again. I will not do that. I learned my lesson this year. <laughs> but uh, there is quite a bit that I'm wanting to do to Nightmare uh, to ramp it up and 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 really bring up the value and bring up the wow factor there. But um, we're on the fence about the Christmas thing. We may, we may not. I don't know. Um, But uh, I just don't want to cut into my build time too much because time goes by quick.
0: (laughs) Way too quick. You know, Transworth's only literally three months away oh I know it's scary it's scary yeah yeah Yeah, and you thought Wicked World was (laughs) Wicked uh, World St. Louis in February is going to be scary (laughs) for people like me who live in the deep south who don't drive in snow oh boy yeah we're going to have a fun time Yeah. but anyway we're hoping to have a fun time here at Wicked World Scaregrounds in Nicholasville Kentucky Jeremy always a pleasure to see you my friend absolutely brother thank you so much for letting us come out here and cover this so once again websites and social medias for people wanting more information on Wicked World Scaregrounds especially if you decide to do a Christmas haunt. Mm-hmm. How
11: can people get more information? Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Wicked World Scare Grounds. You can find our Instagram. I believe we've got a TikTok now. And uh, our website is www.2scary.com, and that is the number 2scary.com.
0: That's that's a great one and easy to remember. It's a lot longer and a lot shorter than Wicked World yeah. So the number 2scary.com. And I still don't know what a TikTok is. Maybe one of these days I'll figure it out. But (laughs) once again, folks, Drew Badger live on the road here in Nicholasville, Kentucky at Wicked World Scare Grounds for The Big Scary Show. We're out. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit spectralillusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's spectralillusions.com.
1: Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the earth, this is A Haunt Minute, and now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright,
12: so we need to talk, and what we need to talk about is the spirit costume memes you've been seeing. You know, I've been seeing them on my social media walls for like the past couple of weeks and okay yeah all right the first three were funny maybe but then it really got old really quick and now it's just ridiculous i get it you love halloween oh spirit it's something fun oh the costume is a little fun thing so let's share it let's do the thing all right at at first at least the, 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 the aesthetic and everything was okay with it oh look it's person in line for coffee it's a drab outfit and it goes on there oh we'll show it haha funny there's a description of what it comes with haha great funny well now the ones that are coming out one of these games on on like facebook and instagram whatever has it where you make your own and the esthetic doesn't even work it's not even like the picture of it because the picture on the costume shows the full costume so now you're just using a picture of yourself. It puts a couple qualities and it says, Oh, Tina. <laughs> yeah, such a happy, charming, Yo, includes cheesecake. Oh, that Tina. Adult size. Um, it, it, it's not even funny. And I'm seeing these all over the place. And everybody's doing it for the game. And I, all right, fine. If you want to give up your, uh, you know, password to your bank account and that kind of thing, go ahead. Don't complain to me when you're getting calls for extending your car warranty. I'm wondering how that happens. This is how it happened, But the fact is, it's not, not not even funny. And there's so many of them. You don't have to share it. And this is what gets me. It's not even Spirit. This wasn't the thing that was funny about the Spirit costumes. The generic costumes that you'd see, like Sparkly Vampire, was at Walmart. Those were the generic ones, which would make these funny. Going, ha ha, look, it's generic, it's ironic. You get it? It's, it's it's that guy costume. Spirit is the sexy costume place. You walk into Spirit, half the store are our, 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 uh, stockings and lacy things and stuff. So, you know, at least, you know, if you're going to do this half or something, have it superimposed stockings on everybody. You know, I'd rather see the sexy frog costume or something on this. That would actually be funny. But no, you, you have just pounded these Spirit costume memes. Into everybody and it's just terrible now. No no one likes it. No one's reading it. No one no one cares. They're scrolling right by it. Just stop. Just stop. You, you, you don't have to. I get it. You like Halloween and spirit, but it's, you don't have to. So until next time,
1: keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another haunted minute.
0: This is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's
12: Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com.
0: Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at the Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, chatting with folks here and there and everywhere. And I saw that C.J. Graham was going to be here. You might know him as Jason Voorhees. But he's here talking, and, you know, the doors are just about to open for everybody here, so I thought I'd better grab a couple of minutes with you. How are
4: you doing, Mr. Graham? Hey, it's been great. It's the 14th year for this show. It's pretty been a so little So it's got while. some volume going to it, a lot of momentum. And and first of all, I want to just say
0: condolences on the passing of Ted White. I know that, uh, you know, you, di- you guys did a lot of shows together, including Scarefest over the years.
4: Yeah, you know, you got to remember about Ted uh He used to always talk in his panels about the fact that he had done over 100 movies. (laughs) And the one movie that he doesn't get credit on because he chose not to get credit on, historically everybody knew him for. And just how ironic that was. It's crazy, you know.
0: I don't want credit for this. Yet, that's what everybody remembers.
4: Yeah, and and the reason, and I remember him telling me that uh, he didn't want to do it, but his kids made him do it. And they thought it was cool. He said, okay, but I don't want any credit on it. And then, again, here we are decades later, and everybody remembers Ted White, Jason, Friday the 13th, Part 4.
0: It's insane. And ironically enough, I was at a convention with Ari Lehman, the first Jason, just last weekend, and he's the one who told me that he had passed that week.
4: Right. You know, the interesting thing about Ted is, and a lot of people don't realize it is, uh, when I got the opportunity to play Jason in Part 6... We had a hypnotist on stage, and the special effects people said, let's put him in Ted White's wardrobe because they still had it. Ted's 6'4", I'm 6'3". So the wardrobe they put me on for the skit at the club I was running was Ted White's. Interesting. Yep. That's the first time I've told anybody that.
0: Well, you know, breaking news here, folks. That's that's a
4: fascinating little bit of stuff. So, you know, you were here Friday. How was the show? Busy. I got here. We opened up right on the money at 3 o'clock, VIPs, and I was busy till 10 after 9. It was just Mm. lines upon lines. As you can see, the doors just opened out at 11 o'clock, so here come the folks again.
0: Yeah, you can hear them coming. I mean, it's 10.59 right now, and they must be sliding a few in because everybody's starting to show up. So we'll kind of run this a little short. Are you working on anything right now?
4: No, I just finished Vengeance 2 playing Elias Voorhees. Uh, worked for uh, Jason Brooks again. Tom uh, Matthews is in it, of Who's course. Right
0: next door to you. Right
4: next to me. And the interesting thing about that is I got three different parts in it. Uh, there's a feature where I am uh, used to be a Chippendale dancer in 87, so they're using my profile in my picture. I guess that's uh, why the uh, photo's here There are it is, yeah. Oh my. I, and then uh, I play, of course, the Elias Voorhees. And there's a little special flashback to 1986, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
0: So I guess you're just going to have to check out, that is Vengeance. Vengeance, Bloodlines, Part 2. Excellent. And where are you going to be making some appearances between now and, say, the end of the year so people can meet you, buy autographs and stuff?
4: i got a couple left. I'm going to go to Canada next week to the... Uh, the Frightmare uh, at the Falls? Frightmare at the Falls for Chris up there. Then I'm going to take two weeks off, and then I'm going to go up to Michigan. My buddy Kane will be up there. Tom will be up there. Ari will be up there. So there will be a little bit of a group of us. Uh, Douglas will be up there. Uh, Doing a Friday the thirteenth.
0: Excellent. I wonder if first Jason will be making a uh, appearance there, playing some music.
4: Yeah, uh, you never know. Never I know. will tell you with Ari, and I mean this. That man, if there's a piano in the room, he'll play till 4 a.m. <laughs>
0: You got to love it. Sweet guy and a great actor and, and all that stuff, as are you, sir. So I want to take the time to thank you for talking with us here on The Big Scary Show. Is there a website or social media where people can follow your career, follow your appearances, and all that?
4: Yeah, just look at your local arrests uh, in your <laughs> city and you'll find Jason Voorhees. But uh, all sincerity aside, Jason Six parts, you know, if you look at jason6.com, cjgraham.com, you know, it goes right to my website. The difference on my website is I have all the same opportunities and photos and then people can still mail items in to me to get signed that can't make the shows because a lot of times it's quite a drive or an event to get to a show for folks. And it's wonderful that you're able
0: to do that for fans who are not able to travel. So once again, cjgram.com or jason6.com. CJ Graham, an absolute pleasure to speak to you here on The Big Scary Show. Once again, rest in peace, Ted White. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we're out.
5: Good evening. My name
1: is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete the Zombie Puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. (laughs) See you soon at vfxcreates.com
7: Music by Midnight Syndicate.
0: Hello, everybody. This is Drew Badger, and this is Deadline News for episode 275. And we're going to start things off with this announcement from Terror on the Coast haunted attraction in Gulfport, Mississippi. Announcing Winter of Terror, presented by Terror on the Coast. Terror on the coast transforms into a scary winter haunt for a limited time only for three weekends, December 2nd through December 17th. Every Friday and Saturday night from 7 to 11. The doors open at 6. There will be a creepy Santa photo op, live music and entertainment, a full-service bar and food court, and free parking. Tickets are now available online. Get more information on their Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Terror on the Coast. We have this news on KrampusCon coming to Merritt Island, Florida. KrampusCon is a festival for comic book, gaming, and cosplay lovers, plus so much more. We'll have Krampus cosplay contests, an after party, and other fun activities. KrampusCon is happening at Merritt Square Mall on December 3rd and 4th. We'll also be having Krampus come for a visit along with holding a cosplay contest, a film festival, guest speakers, and much, much more. Get more information at KrampusCon.com. That's Crompus K-O-N, dot com. We have this update from the Preserve Halloween Festival coming to Irving, Texas. Why not host a little Hocus Pocus reunion at the Preserve Halloween Festival November 18th through the 20th in Irving, Texas? After all, Hocus Pocus was originally released in the summer of 93 and it worked out just fine so we can keep celebrating Halloween in November. We welcome Jason Marsden, the voice of Thackeray Binks in Catform, Vanessa Shaw, Allison Watts, Max's crush and classmate, and Omri Katz, Max Dennison, the sarcastic and smart-aleck virgin teenager from LA who recently moved to Salem, to the event's lineup of guests. Get your tickets now and find out more about the show at preservehalloweenfest.com. We have this update from Monster Mania coming to Oaks, Pennsylvania. We are very excited to announce that Marley Shelton will be making her first ever con appearance with us at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks for Monster Mania Con 52, held the weekend of November 11th through the 13th. Horror fans will recognize Marley for her role as Deputy Sheriff Judy Hicks in Scream 4. As Judy, she was a former classmate of Sidney Prescott who develops an interest in Sheriff Dewey. Marley Shelton will be appearing all three days of the show, and she was forced to postpone her appearance with them in August due to filming, but she's excited to be able to make it back by joining us this November. More in- information about Monster Mania Con can be found at monstermania.net. We have this news from the Mary Krampus Crawl coming to Columbus, Ohio. Let the Spooks from Columbus Ghost Tours Booze and Booze lure you from the dark celebrations of the Merry Krampus to our first Krampus Crawl on Saturday, December 10th. Beginning at Strongwater Restaurant and Bar at 4 p.m., we're looking to chauffeur some horned helpers in their best Krampus regalia. Grab your horns, fur, bells, baskets, and bundles of switches to help be the balancing force this holiday season. More information can be found at facebook.com slash the mary we have an update to days of the dead coming to chicago days of the dead presents days of the death as the band hardwire brings their tribute to musical icons metallica to the days of the dead chicago also featuring a special set of metal classics by megadeth alumni jeff young david ellefson and chris poland happening Saturday November 19th at 10 p.m. in the Crown Plaza O'Hare. This event will rock the house down. Get more information at daysofthedead.com. We have an update from the Brimstone Haunted Attraction in Wilmington, Ohio. May your days be scary and fright Brimstone Haunt is proud to announce the return of Scary Little Christmas for the 2022 holiday season. Join us December 3rd and 10th for some holiday horror as we open Psychosis and the Forgotten Forest for your seasonal screams. Tickets are available soon at brimstonehaunt.com. And finally, we have this info regarding the 2022 Monster Bash Neon Nightmare coming to Indianapolis. Monster Bash is an after season party for haunters. What better way to bid farewell to yet another incredible haunt season than by getting to tour a live haunted house, gather with other haunters for food and drink, a costume contest, a drag show, an awards ceremony and a whole lot more. That's right, we can't think of anything better either. Monster Bash is for haunters by haunters. Anyone who has any kind of affiliation with the haunt industry, whether you work for a haunt or a related vendor or organization, anyone from owners and managers to parking flaggers and reviewers, media or influencers is 100% welcome. Remember, this event is not open to the general public, but rather those who work in the haunted house industry. Brought to you by the Scare Factory, a nightmare on Edgewood Haunted House in Indianapolis. Monster Bash is happening Saturday, November 19th, beginning at 5 p.m. Get more information, including how to purchase tickets for Monster Bash 2022 at facebook.com slash Indianapolis Haunted House slash events. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us news at bigscaryshow.com and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs>
12: Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in Scream Seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your Haunt Listing. Go. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're
0: live at Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky. We're hanging out with the cool kids. And then we're hanging out with this guy, who's just so cool that he doesn't even fall into the category of cool kids. You might know him from Victor Crowley. You might know him from Scary Movie. None
6: other than Officer Doobie. It's
0: Dave Sheridan. How are you, sir?
6: I am doing amazing. Thank you, Big Scary Show.
0: And it looks like Felissa's over here. You're always sitting next to Felissa Rose when I see a show. She's already applauding, so apparently, you know, I said the right thing. I don't know. I
6: don't know. That's awesome. I love Felissa Rose. We've done 33 movies together. Holy so, crap. yeah, it's been fun.
0: Is it written into your contract that you and Felissa have to do work together whenever the two of you get apart?
6: Yeah, <laughs> a, a it blood seems that way. A blood contract that we made. Yeah, she knows that I'll be. I would be very jealous and pissed if she goes off and does a movie. The, the truth of the matter is, yeah, she books all these movies and then she comes to me she goes do you want to do this one uh you some it's about 50 50 sometimes they go nah you know and then sometimes it's oh yeah i'll do that you know so so what kind of
0: roles do you play upside or as next to felissa here i assume she has some major roles and she either you know gives you a major part or not a major part what do you what do you normally do are you like the cool best friend in a lot of these or or what
6: yeah, it's usually either either I'm gonna either I'm gonna get killed by her, and I'm just a nobody, or I'm her husband that gets killed by her. <laughs> so, I think we've moved up, and I'm, we always play husband and wife now.
0: Hey, you know promotions are good in Hollywood like this. So what's going on? I understand you guys are in Kentucky getting ready to shoot a movie sometime around the first of the year.
6: That's right. We're actually doing a movie right now. I don't know when this is going to air, but. It's
0: probably airing in about two weeks.
6: In two weeks, you might just catch the end of our Indiegogo. And the film is called New Fear's Eve. It stars Felissa Rose, myself, LC Holt. And we're actually um, going to have a few surprise names in there coming up. And uh, it shoots right here in Kentucky. And in that film, they contacted her. And then they said, oh, uh, she said, what do you think of Dave Sheridan for my husband? And, and they said, sure. They called me up said, hey, we'd like you to play this role, the husband. And then I said, I read the script and uh, she was only calling the husband. There was, I mean, the husband, my scenes were her calling me on, she was calling me on the phone. And I called, then I called Fliz. I go, I say to those guys, I go, do we shoot on the same? She's actually not in the scene, she's on the phone. Oh yeah, you know, you guys are separate weekends. And I said, I didn't know, if she, I don't know if she knows that, hold on. And I called her back and I was like, yeah, we're husband and wife, but we're not on the same weekend. She goes, Oh, no, no, that won't work. And so now we rewrote her. Now she's worked for me at this uh, building that I work at.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's good to have that kind of a working relationship. And, you know, I've noticed this in other films that other actors seem to work a lot with the same other actors. I know you and Felicity seem to work a lot together. I see Bill Mosley working with a lot of the same people. I see a lot of these actors, and I don't know if there's just such a tight circle and cadre of everybody or or how that works out
6: well a lot of times also it could work out like in bill's case his agent is judy fox and she also handles a lot of these sort of like horror actors the iconic horror actors so you know if somebody calls about bill then she might also toss in what have you thought of tony todd for this or that you know what i mean makes sense make a package deal so yeah it's always who you know right yeah it's all it's a very small world i just worked out with kane hodder and got his underwear sweaty with myself and so that's we see a lot of
0: information i could have probably not needed to know but yeah okay
6: no he you know? does work out king works out oh, of course and, he does. Uh, and you're gonna get your underwear sweaty when you work out with me
0: but does he sign them
6: afterwards is a question i i think every man has his price every man <laughs> has his price
0: so you're working on new fears eve i assume that's a horror movie that's going to be coming out sometime after the first of the year um, anything else you got going on, or are you making any convention appearances between now and, say, the end of the year? Probably with Felissa or not.
6: Well, we'll be in Germany next week. Oh, nice. But this will this will already be gone, so screw it. Let's not mention that one. Uh, we are doing, um, and it's the name of the theater in Kentucky, it'll be my last appearance ever. Because I am going to stop I'm, stop. I'm not doing these in 2023.
0: Really? Yeah. I, I have well, there's film. some breaking news for you, folks. Yeah, I have a
6: film I have to edit, and it's been taking up too much of my time and i just got to get it
0: done so remember this folks if you want to meet you know dave sheridan get an autograph talk to him or whatever you better get him before the end of 2022 because he will not be making convention appearances in 2023
4: and,
5: and it's
6: not, like news he knows i had that farewell tour up for a while right oh well he never saw it and that's my bodyguard, <laughs> and he's never seen it oh but it's at the art sanctuary in louisville kentucky we're going to do a victor crowley and sleepaway camp screening oh very and nice signing and that's that's December seventeenth.
0: December seventeenth. That'll be it yep. in Louisville, Kentucky, and that's it for Dave. So, you know, for people wanting more information to maybe get some information on the uh, the movie screening,
6: it's called the Gore Club.
0: Uh, the Gore Club or any of that. Where can they get that with websites, social medias, etc.?
6: I think Facebook or Instagram because it's not. I'm not running it. It's but it's <laughs> called the Gore Club. So look up the Gore Club on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah,
0: sounds like a plan. Dave, it's a yeah. pleasure to talk to you here. Awesome. Glad to see that you've got people standing out here waiting, so we'll wrap this up real quick before you take that knife that says ghost face on it and stab me through the heart. We're here at Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, having a grand old time chatting with everybody we go we can uh managed to con a few minutes with exactly (laughs) yeah i thought you were like security i I just looked there you go my name is drew badger for the big scary show it's the big scary show
11: and we're out later
0: and ladies and gentlemen it's time to find out whether or not you've been listening carefully to the show as it is time for the november gruesome giveaway sponsored by ScreamlineStudios.com. It is the holiday season, the season of giving, and what better way to celebrate than by giving you a fantastic prize courtesy of Screamline Studio. You know how this works. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. If you will email us that answer along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com, Before midnight, on Monday, November 14th, you will be entered to be randomly selected and possibly win a great prize from Screamline Studios. Now, without further ado, the question for the November Gruesome Giveaway is... During my interview with Dave Sheridan, he talks about all the movies that he has made with Felissa Rose. How many movies have Dave Sheridan and Felissa Rose made together. If you think you know the answer to that, email us that number along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before Monday the 14th of November at midnight and you could be randomly selected to be the winner of a great prize from our very good friends and sponsor ScreamlineStudios.com. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win. Good luck.
13: Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm, To see
9: more of our products and services... Drop by DarkImaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition.
0: (laughs) The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. (laughs) you <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a moment of silence for the passing of yet another October. October may be beyond us, Halloween may be in the rearview mirror, but there still are some haunts with shows going on this weekend. A lot of haunts around the country are doing special blackout events. Even next weekend, which I believe is the 11th and 12th, I I know Netherworld is open. I know a couple of others around the country that'll be their last season. Plus, Legendary Haunt Tour will be in Nashville, Tennessee. Not too late to get involved in that. A week after that, there's IAPA the week before Thanksgiving. Then we can all start thinking about Christmas haunts and Krampus events. And for those keeping score, it is exactly three months until trans world so you know halloween is a season that we celebrate all year round it literally is becoming a year-round event with haunted attractions doing off-season stuff friday the 13th things and all that but this is the show we kind of look back on the season that was technically it's not over and we just kind of see what the gahos did during their octobers you know i've if you've been listening to the show, you know that I've been working as an actor again at a haunt, kind of going back to my roots. I know Meat Hook Jim has gone back and done some acting. I believe he is back with Maul doing that very same thing. I know the old crone had Banshee Manor going. I know Storm, even though he didn't do as much as he normally does, he got out and saw a few things. So let's talk to our go and find out how they spent their haunted house seasons And speaking of storm, up in Rhode Island, welcome to you, sir.
12: Greetings. A few things still floating around. It's still still the end of spooky season here. My pumpkin hasn't rotted yet.
0: (laughs) Probably got a little bit of time on that. Down in Cincinnati, let's welcome back Meat Hook Jim.
5: My year-round skeleton is still strapped to my balustrade.
0: Very nice. Down in the Fayetteville, Arkansas area, we have Jana, a.k.a. the Old Crone. How are you? <laughs> I assume you'll be awake at least long enough to do this. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am exhausted, and I still have one more weekend to go at the Haunted Pyramids. But ladies and gentlemen, Halloween is come and gone anybody go out trick-or-treating anybody see some good home haunts anybody go out and visit some cool haunted houses what did you guys do during the month of well the months of september and october during what we like to call haunt season
5: well i guess i'll start um my season doesn't really start until october with mall i i don't book anything before october and uh I had a couple of clients lined up this season and I was concerned because um, there was a miscommunication between one of my clients and our agreed to contract. And he was very upset with what I sent him uh, the very first weekend in October. Um, And it was just a miscommunication, fortunately. uh, And we were able to iron it out. But unfortunately I was, he was expecting four people. Uh, and I only got two out there because, you know, the last minute, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, always rears its ugly head. So I made a promise to him. I said, after that, if I have to come out personally to make sure you've got enough people, I will be there. And lo and behold, the next weekend, guess what? I had to be there. Um, we didn't have enough people going. So myself and my daughter – um no 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 i take that back it was just me this time my daughter didn't go anyway i went yes shelby did go anyway my 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 weekends are running together shelby did go and we got to work and we filled out the contract uh it was a lot of fun and you know i did not work the queue line this time and since it was a last minute thing I just threw a costume together, which was, you know, part of this costume and part of that costume, and they put me in the asylum. And oh my gosh, did I have so much fun in that asylum! The way they've got it, and, they, and I've I've been preaching about them for years, but I, I tell you, go! I mean, it's not going to be million dollar sets, but what they work with, what they've got, and it is just amazing. The things they do and they can reverse engineer and in this asylum you have a cage a cage separates the room but there are doors and there's padded walls and that's where where the padded walls are is where the actor works and these two doors come into play because if you're facing the other wall the door on the left stays closed when people come into the room the actor shuts that door and torments them because there's no way for them to get out because when they come in, they don't see that door. They see a cage. And they have a remote control. And I loved that remote control. Because that remote control had two purposes. Number one, it fired off an air cannon. And then number two, it opened the door to let them get out. I had so much I had so much fun with that because I would use my shtick, which was I was telling them to kiss my hammer called Merle. Merle was my hammer that that Alan made for me years ago. So I brought it back. I said, you have to kiss Merle if you want to get out of the cage. And you wouldn't believe how many girls and guys would kiss Merle to get out of that cage. (laughs) And quite frankly, what
0: was this at Backwoods Oddities? Yes. I don't think I didn't. You didn't mention the name of the haunt. I didn't catch it. I'm sorry. Yeah,
5: It is Backwoods Oddities last carnival. Um, This hammer was made by the owner, Alan, for me years ago. And it's been, I've only used it once and it, since then it's been sitting on a display shelf. Uh, but, you know, in honor of him and working out there, I brought it back out. And quite frankly, I wouldn't kiss that nasty foam rubber hammer, but plenty of people did. Um, <laughs> and then after that, we had adult night. And adult night is exactly what it means. And it runs, the, the regular haunt ran from 8 to 12 and from about twelve fifteen to well, we were supposed to go to two fifteen, and I don't think we got done till three. Um, is the everybody that goes through has to sign a waiver. Um, they can be touched, with the exception of certain areas, obviously, and profanities allowed. And there was just, I can't tell you on this show some of the stuff that went on during that part of the show. I can tell you that. Rubber sex toys played a part in it, in many places in the haunt. I, I, I will never tell you guys what I did in the asylum, ever. Especially not on our show. We kind of try to we kind of try to keep it PG thirteen. Please do. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I did. It's, it's just just adult. Let's leave it at that.
0: Uh, I, I'm going to leave it at that, and I, I'm going to. Just immediately go over to Jonna here because <laughs> that's starting to get into some <laughs> dangerous stuff. But uh, we'll we'll definitely come back. But Jonna, as an actual haunt owner with Banshee Manor, you know, let's let's just ask you, how was your season?
9: Um, I don't have the final numbers. I'm meeting with the venue tomorrow, but um, I feel like it was good. I felt like we were, you know, plenty busy and and steady. Um. So in that aspect, I'm, I'm happy with it. I had a great crew, so I was happy with that. Um, overall, a good season. I'm just exhausted because, you know, as everyone knows, I'm a, a modular hunt. So, you know, we finished up our show about 930 on Monday night with Halloween. And then 830 Tuesday morning, <clears throat> we're tearing down. And so we've got everything out of the location um, and the majority of the stuff is back in the garage, like the wall panels and everything else. Um, I can't see out of the back glass of my Tahoe, um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and the house is still, you know, got random boxes and things everywhere, but, um, it'll take me a week or so to get all of that straightened up. Now I'm gearing up to doing payroll, um, and everything. Cause my staff doesn't get paid until after the end of the season. So we're, we're working on, um, we're doing a, a cast party um, this Saturday. So I've got to get payroll done, get um, awards already and, and all of that stuff. And then the next weekend, which will be my first true weekend off me and the bow are going to Branson for the weekend for some R&R. But yeah, it was a great week, great great season i was i'm very happy
0: with and i'm sure you have some good stories to share as far as some oh, good scares and some
9: can't yeah adventures. can we talk about stupid parents um yeah oh. <laughs> definitely some interesting things
5: stupid parents
0: yeah you gotta love them not so <laughs> we'll get into that too in a bit but Storm, I know you've been kind of on the back burner this year due to some, you know, let's just say some health issues, but uh, mm-hmm. you you were able to get out and at least see a couple things. I saw you had decorated up your uh, your yard and everything. The pumpkins on the fence is always a, a delight to watch and things like I, that.
12: I, I even held back this year, uh, but yeah, no, I I... I... Yeah, some health issues, and I also had a little procedure in October, which slowed me down. So, uh, my nephew came and helped me decorate. He's three, and uh, we we had a ball. And you know, I'm like, "Oh, do we got enough pumpkins? No, we need more pumpkins." So we pulled out more pumpkins, and so uh, that that was fun. That that was, a, you know. One of the things we've always said over years is, you know, Halloween, the traditions and memories is, is what keeps it going and gets us through the seasons after. So that that was a lot of fun and, and uh, probably something that will be a good tradition going forward. So uh, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, didn't get out to uh, any haunts uh couldn't couldn't do that this year i wanted to because there are a couple of great new haunts uh in the area it sounds like they had a pretty good season uh so i'm really glad with that some of the established haunts really had good seasons uh out here uh this year we had pretty good weather uh too uh as for um the uh home haunters boy oh boy uh for some reason you know the town I'm in, it has just blown up with home haunters uh, over the past few years. At least a dozen newsworthy ones just in uh, my town alone. Uh, and I was able to get to a couple, one of them, the house of a thousand pumpkins. And literally they had a thousand carved jack-o'-lanterns out in front of their house. Uh, the, 12 uh, foot skeletons are there. Uh, saw a display last weekend, which had, I think three or four of the skeletons. They had the new witch, uh, that big 12 foot flying witch on a broom. And they had, you know, my new favorite this year, the lumberjack, uh, werewolf which w- was big and in-person. But uh, people have really upped the game with uh, their uh, home haunts, and we're starting to see more people even decorating, just even that, you know, you get the purple or uh, orange lights to go around your um, front porch, you know, uh, around the doorway or up at the railing and stuff. And it just looked really good. A couple little graveyards here and there, and uh, that was good. Uh, trick-or-treating was good, but, yeah, it, uh Generally was a good season. Some some good stuff with that. Uh, Halloween the weather was great here. Uh, I, some people, of course, complain that you know, oh, we didn't get the trick or treaters. And what I'm, you know, what I'm noticing is, is, uh, you know, Halloween going back to more of its um, modern roots. Where it's more of a community thing, yeah. We, we, if if you think about it, over the past twenty years or so, there's no effort into trick or treating. You can go to any store, you can buy a bag of candy for Halloween. You can have it sitting there, and you know, if they come up and knock at your door, you give the candy, and uh, you know, it's it's fallen a little bit on the wayside of just you know, your roaming kids going to every door. Now they're they're targeting because you got the people who are getting back to this community. And ritual type of thing with Halloween, and and you know uh, if you have coffee and a table and you're out front greeting people, that's when you're getting the hordes of trick or treaters. So I, I've seen people, oh, I don't have trick or treaters. Well, what do you do? Did you just leave a bowl of candy out front? I mean, that's the other new thing. Everybody likes having a, 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 a ring camera focused on the bowl of candy left out there. And uh, okay you left a bowl of candy on your front step. It's going to get stolen. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's what it is. And here you're going to shame a 12 year old. I mean, shaming the parents and stuff to do it is great, but you know, that's, it's what it's for. It's Somebody's going to come and take the whole thing because you put no effort into uh, trick or treating. And I, I think we're going to see more of an effort. Uh, people are complaining about trunk or treats. Uh, don't because they're they're actually awesome and they're becoming more of a festival. And that's something I noticed this year, too. There were a lot more festivals, especially for little kids in the area. Uh, our, our police department here held a big one at the state park down the street, and they had 200 vendors and food trucks and face paint and stuff and just kept growing until it was this big thing. And I think you're going to see that more. And even the trunk or treats are starting to become a festival. A food truck is showing up. It's, a, it's more of, of a community thing. And I think uh, as the years progress, you'll get more of these, uh, which are going to be fun within themselves. And we might see the return of, oh, please, 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 Halloween parades. You know, your little community Halloween parade with the costumes and stuff, you, you haven't seen that. So if we lose out on your just random trick-or-treaters and we're getting more festivities more events more community get together where you have to interact with people i'm all for it so you know put the coffee and stuff out there and the, the other good thing too is uh, there's a little blueberry farm down the street from me and they did their jack-o'-lantern walk i i couldn't do it this year and i i wanted to help volunteer and cut but i, I had a little uh work done on one of my arms which is not conducive to carving jack-o'-lanterns the next day so um You know, couldn't do that, but uh, had some people go through that really successful. And even they were up in the game and and, you know, just taking another step ahead of what they did last year. So that's that's the neat part. You're seeing a lot of haunts, a lot of uh, people who celebrate Halloween, not let resting on their laurels this year. And I, I think that just spells out really good for fans of the holiday and for our industry.
0: I think it's interesting you mentioned the, uh, the people who would sit outside with a table or something. I remember the last few years my kids trick-or-treated. They're a little old for doing that now. But there were a lot of people in the neighborhoods that were sitting out in the driveway, and they had a little display. It wasn't necessarily home haunt. It was more like a yard display, yep. but you might see a spirit Halloween prop or an animatronic. Yeah, just anything. Yeah, just a little fog machine going and they're playing music and they've got these little fire pit, portable fire pits out in the middle of their driveway. And, you know, last year, my son and I walked around a a neighborhood that really does Halloween up, which was pretty cool. And there were no less than three homes that were offering parents hmm, jello shots for, you know, you know, if they, why, why not? Why not? You know, if the coffee, Jell-O
12: shots, dog oh, treats, sure. we, we, we can were can even, We were even (laughs) able to get a bag of dog treat trick-or-treats, little milky milk bones in a trick-or-treat bag for dogs. We had some of those, uh, if any have come by and that's a neat thing. It's, it's, uh, you know, you have some like that. Those are the neighborhoods which are getting the, the horde of children coming by. It's, you know, you, you'll have the big Halloween event and especially the ones that close down the street. If you get the permit, close it down, you're going to have all that Halloween celebration. So, you know, neighborhoods got to put a little bit more effort into it. You you know, age groups are going to age out too. You know, I know my street, most of the, uh, kids who would go trick-or-treating they they all can drive now so they're not out trick-or-treating so you know if people aren't coming by a neighborhood knowing that there's people out there with coffee and stuff i I think next year you might have to because we had a couple of nice groups of people come from other neighborhoods and they had the little kids and stuff and you know you, you have a little coffee or engage with the other uh families you're going to have a bigger group next year
0: absolutely my my uncle my late uncle last couple of years of his life would do a not quite a home haunt but a, a big display and you had to walk this little path from the road to his tables where he had kids stuff set up but he had a table off to the side for the adults so while the kids were scrambling around and you know my nephews and my nieces were scaring the kids trying to walk the path the adults were sitting over there there was hot apple cider and there was coffee and and maybe something else a little harder. You never know. And and they would just sit there and gossip and talk and, you know, fawn over everyone's costume. And it was kind of a fun thing. And yeah, I, I do hope that that continues to expand. And, and you're right. I've not seen a Halloween parade in years. And I, I do think that needs to come back.
5: My goodness. Yes. Uh, I, I want to address that. And then I want to address something that Storm said earlier um, in Ohio in the Columbus area and some of the, some of the suburbs, they have Halloween parades. Right? Oh, I, very nice. Because Carnage was in one just recently.
12: Oh, yeah. No, they, they do. I mean, Salem is a Halloween parade, Uh during Halloween and the weekend leading up to it. I mean, literally, there's just that many people in costumes and they close down stuff and sale mass. Yep. And uh, I don't know if they've done it in the past couple of years because of COVID, but Greenwich Village in New York City has a big Halloween parade. And that was actually televised one year, about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit, you know, give and take on Sci Fi Channel. That was awesome to watch.
5: Ooh. So, what I wanted to address. Earlier is storm. You were talking about the people that had the ring camera and the bowl of candy. Yes. Did you see the same video I saw where the kid dumped the bowl into his bag and flipped off the camera?
12: Oh, there are a couple of them, but yeah, probably it might've, you know, okay, so it's a it's a jerk twelve year old so that that's what it is. It's the ones where the adult does that is something different, but you know you, you left a bowl of candy and you're celebrating Halloween by sitting behind your ring camera I, i'm I'm not going to cry over all your candy is gone
5: right right and, and I saw the one with the parent taking all the candy and blaming the kid.
12: Well, yes. See, now, 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 thats that's the thing, and, and to go with it. But again, the minimal effort given to it and stuff, and at least there's a kid someplace getting candy, right?
0: Right. <laughs> you know, I hope I he gets know. a big stomach ache.
12: Yeah, it's it's not like, you know, it, I'd be more concerned if like a coyote came and took all your stuff. And then, you know, I, I'm, I I haven't figured out, you know, depends on what we talk about tonight on what we're talking a haunt minute. But a little preview. There's I saw an article earlier about somebody who put a freaking heirloom bowl out and left it and, yeah. oh, are surprised it's gone.
9: Yeah, I'm sorry. If you're that dumb, you deserve to get your bowl stolen. Right. Um, <laughs> I agree. I'll- I do want to mention about the trunk or treats. Now, whenever my kids were trick or treating, my kids are in their, their early thirties. Um, and trunk or treats, when they first started, it was more like the church's version of, you know, we don't want kids going out. So we're going to do these in church parking lots. And then the school started changing from the Halloween festivals to the fall festivals and, and things like that. So, the trunk or treats have evolved to where now, like you said, Storm, they're almost like a little festival upon itself. But I think in this age, day and age, a lot of parents feel more comfortable in settings like that rather than going from house to house to house to house. Absolutely, um, especially and that, and if that's they're smaller fine. kids. You know, if they've got little bitty kids, you know, they're going to poop out really quick. So in a trunk or treat or a little festival. They could get a whole bunch done and a whole bunch of excitement, and then the kids asleep. Because otherwise, one of my coworkers, her her grandson, fell asleep before they ever got any trick or treating done. By the time they got him in his costume and took pictures and stuff, he fell asleep. He was done.
12: Absolutely, you know? and so I know that's a thing.
9: The appeal used to trunk or treats were like mm, no boo trunk or treats, but now I'm seeing them evolving and becoming a good option.
12: Oh, well, they are. As a matter of fact, there was one here that uh, my in-laws went to, my sister-in-law went to. Uh, it was a Trunk or Treat done by a classic car show. So it's oh, a yeah. big classic car show on Sunday Ooh. afternoon with the Trunk or Treat. So you had people in these incredibly, mm-hmm. you know, tricked out cars and stuff with with – Trunks full of candy, you know, it's a $80,000, you know, detailed car. And here's a trunk full of, you know, lollipops and stuff in the back, which was really cool. And, and yeah, you know, my point too, is I, I, you know, the past couple of days I've seen a lot of hate for the trunk or treats. Oh, I didn't get trick-or-treaters because of trunk or treat. Well, what did you do for trick-or-treaters? Did you have any decorations out? Did you did you just buy a fun pack of the cheapest candy you could have and have it on hand? Because you know, it's a it's a lot of work and stuff. You gotta put in some effort. And I, I love that these trunk or treats are becoming festivals. It's it's cool. I remember
0: taking my kids to trunk or treat when they were very small. And the good thing about it is they were done like at seven. They were like from five thirty to seven. So it was just getting dark and it wasn't too spooky out there. And then from seven on, we would go to a quote unquote real neighborhood and go hit the houses. So we kind of hit both. And, you know, I decorated my car for a few years and, you know, I'd, I'd put a little strobe light in there and I'd play some midnight syndicate and all these other people are just having their trunks open and I've got spider webs hanging off of mine. And, you know, fake eyes glowing in the dark at you. You know, I put a little bit of effort into it and people would say, oh man, that's pretty cool. And and then we would close up shop and still leave the strobe lights flashing and the black light in there and drive through the neighborhoods and letting the kids do regular trick-or-treating. So they kind of got the best of both worlds for a while and they got a lot of candy those years. <clears throat>
9: if we're going to say boo on anything, can we please stop the the Facebook post and things like that, like, well, Halloween is on a Monday this year. So what night are we doing Halloween? Uh, Uh, How about doing it October 31st on Halloween? We don't change Christmas because it falls on a Tuesday. We don't change any other holiday like that. So uh, what is the deal with people wanting to, I'm going, I'm starting to sound like storm. I'm doing a a rant. (laughs) Um, Why is that? You know, and oh heaven forbid, Halloween lands on a Sunday.
1: Oh no! You no. Know,
9: because we can't, yeah. we can't trick or treat on a Sunday. You know that's that's sacrilege. You know, you know. Uh, again, <laughs> another
12: reason. Another reason why you know, uh, embrace the trunk or treats for the yeah. people where that's important. Do the trunk or treat on the weekend.
9: Yeah.
0: And I think the, the thing was, you know, growing up my age demographic, we were usually done by 8.30, 9 o'clock. So it really wasn't a matter of it being a school night. I right. guess some people are always worried, well, you got school next day. You no. Know, so what? You know, it got dark. You out not say
9: until 2 in the morning. <laughs> you know,
0: I know that. And there were kids that would do that. But, you know, we rarely had anybody come by our house after 8 o'clock in my neighborhood growing up. Down. And me and the the little pack of neighborhood kids that, you know, we we planned for weeks the routes that we were gonna take. We we would split up but we'd find out who was giving out candy versus apples versus you know, whatever. And and we we'd usually hit everybody and be done by like seven forty-five, eight o'clock at night because we wanted to go in and watch Charlie Brown Great Pumpkin and you know, all the other cool shows that they they would show locally on Halloween. You know, they had the national airing, but they reshow them on halloween like at 8 and 8 30 and be like
5: yeah we gotta get home in time to watch great pumpkin and and all that stuff i gotta chime in on this drew because i know exactly what you're talking about now granted i'm a few years older than you yes you are um (laughs) thanks for agreeing with me i appreciate that i'm the i'm the oldest mf Just just validating go ahead um anyway when when i was a kid and, and you know when you came in depending on your age i mean i probably trick or treated till i was 16 um but at four, from 14 15 and 16 it's like my my mom's like mom's dad's like just be in by 11 before that it was be in by 9 but um you know me and my my friends cuz i had this one cluster of friends cuz The way my, the road I grew up on, it was an S curve. So there's four houses around that S curve and we all were friends and we would plot because this, this road was a mile long. And we would plot who would go where to determine what's best. We'd meet up at a certain place at a certain time and we'd fan out from there going to hit the best places.
12: And then you went to the railroad tracks to find a dead body.
9: (laughs) I have I actually never got to trick or treat until I was fourteen years old. I'm sorry. Well, wow. okay. Here, my dad was a Baptist preacher, and this was before churches started banning um, Halloween and saying how evil they were and everything else. So we always had a big Halloween party at our church. Um, so I got to dress up and I got to you know do all of that. Um, my oldest sister and her boyfriend took me to haunted houses. So i got the halloween experience we had true halloween carnivals at school and things like that but we lived out in the country and so it was just near impossible for my parents to get me back in town to trick-or-treat before the party and everything else but whenever i was staying with a friend um, of mine who did live in town and her mom said well i guess you girls are getting too old because she started to ask what we were going to be for halloween so, well, I guess you girls are getting too old to be trick or treating. And I said, Well, I, I've never trick or treated. And she's like, Oh, wait a minute. What? She immediately <laughs> got on the phone with my mom and got permission for <laughs> me to skip the Halloween party at church that year and go trick or treating with her, you know, with her and my best friend. Right. And um, it was amazing. It was everything I dreamed it would be. And probably one of them. The best things was we went up to this house that had a scarecrow sitting on the porch holding the bowl, and of course, the scarecrow came to life, and and I screamed and just thought that was the most amazing, fun thing ever, and that is, you know, just one of the many reasons that I became a homeowner and eventually a haunter, so, you know, I may have been stunted in my my trick-or-treating experience, but the one time I went was amazing.
5: Well, you made <laughs> up for it for sure.
9: Yeah.
0: I do want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We are talking about what we did during Halloween season and doing a little bit of reminiscing about years gone by. We're going to take a very short break to talk about our very fine sponsor, and we will be right back.
1: Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free.
0: And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror, talking about what we did during the Halloween season. All the fun, all the excitement, all the cringy parents, and, and things like that. Um, uh, as I have mentioned, and you've probably heard on the last show or two, I have been working as an actor this year at a, a particular haunt in near my area. I haven't done a full season as an actor, gosh, since I want to say 2008. You know, I've been freelancing, doing a night here or a weekend here at at various haunts around the country as a freelance actor. But uh, I had taken my oldest daughter to the Haunted Pyramids in Lawndale, North Carolina, which is about an hour west of me. And we noticed that there were some, shall we say, bare spots. At the haunt, and I was talking to the owner, and he was like, "Yeah, we're we're a little short staffed this year, which seems to be a a bit of a problem around the country." Yeah. And I told him, "Well, you know, you can hire me as as a freelance to come and work for you." And I told him my rates, and he was like, "I will pay you that rate every night you work." It's like, "Ooh, okay." <laughs> so the next day, I was there, and. Like you said, Jim, I was not put in a Q line acting position. They had great Q line actors and and still do, but they put me in the haunt. I was first working in the monster mill for a couple of nights. I even brought my youngest daughter. She came home for a weekend and I had never worked a haunt with her. She had worked at a haunt in Gastonia for a couple of years until they closed down. So this was her first acting in probably two or three years at least and it was just a delight to work we were working in a corridor that you kind of walked around and she would be at the first part of the corridor and I would be at the at the end of it so she was more of a distraction they would look at her and then they would think okay well the scare is over because there is that person and then they come around the corner and I'd be there so we worked together really well and that was just a lot of fun and then uh we had an appearance there by you know several people. Some of the interviews you'll hear on this very show, but we had uh, Brett Wagner out there who was the lost leather face. We had Naomi Grossman. I'll, be, I'll talk about that in a moment. We've had Ari Lehman out there. We had Butch Patrick out there. We had Daniel Roebuck out there. We had somebody from Tiger King out there. We had lots and lots of people. And um, <clears throat> we had actress Naomi Grossman out there a couple of weeks ago. And that was the first big weekend where, you know, there's that one weekend. I think it was the second weekend in October. The floodgates were open. And I just was started working the door for people coming into the haunt because she was actually in the first room of one of the haunts at the pyramids while they would, you know, they'd tell you the rules and don't touch the actors and blah, blah, blah. But she was there selling her photos and everything. So I started working the door there. And I never went back to acting in the uh, in the uh, other haunt part. I, uh, I basically ran the door that whole night and she came and did four nights in a row Thursday, Friday, or, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Halloween night back in North Carolina. She was at Fear Farm in Blacksburg, South Carolina on Thursday, the 28th. And then the 29th through the 31st, she was back at the pyramids. And I just worked the door and kind of worked as her handler for her selling autographs and taking selfies, took a lot of pictures of her with a lot of fans. So that was kind of fun. You know, she's been on the show many times. She's a delight to hang out with. You know, she was at your Canadian wedding, Jim, yes, she was. Which, was, <laughs> which was kind of fun. It so was. it was very nice hanging out with her. And I got to take her to the airport. You know, you probably heard that on the last show. I was driving down the interstate interviewing her, and she's got some neat projects in the works, so go visit her social medias for that stuff. But um, it was just nice to get back out and work at a haunt. You know, 1130 at night, the fog's hanging just right, the temperatures are perfect, people are screaming, you're hearing chainsaws out in the distance, you're seeing people laughing and, you know, talking with people while they're waiting to come into the first room and have the queue line actors come up behind them and and freak them out oh i i kind of miss that you know because i'm so used to being that queue line actor it was it was a lot of fun and i want to thank tony and greg cook out at the haunted pyramids for allowing me to come out and do that and of course they're doing it again this weekend with blackout night that they just decided on halloween to do so that'll be fun oh that'll be fun i won't be working that 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 door obviously because there's no movie star or anything coming in i think they're bringing in the uh, jeepers creepers mobile because the guy that owns it lives maybe an hour hour and a half away so he'll make a return appearance out there i think we had him on a couple of shows ago as well creepers cousin so you know it'll be fun
5: if it's blackout you ain't got to worry about it no
0: i don't i I don't even know if i'll have to put on makeup or anything i'll just like dress all in black and and do my thing so that was a lot of fun but um one thing we did do with naomi was um when we were at fear farm on the 28th we went through that haunt and i don't know if anybody's ever seen naomi grossman go through a haunted attraction i don't know if she's ever done that for one of those daytime tv shows or not or on her social medias but she is a screamer
5: oh nice
0: i mean she's not she's not the ear piercing screamer but she is a "Ah!" kind of person and it is fun to watch her walk through a haunt because she will scream and she will yell and and she will laugh and it is you know it's always great when you get to go through a haunt with that kind of a group where you have the ones who are so you know scared of everything And, and I don't know if she was truly scared scared but she was definitely startled quite a bit and you know just a delight to go through and watch all that so that that was a lot of fun and of course, you know, I went to Tiny Terror Con up in Hickory, which is a very small horror convention, only in its second year. Got some interviews, a couple on this show. Yep. And then went to Scarefest in Lexington, which is a big horror convention.
5: And paranormal.
0: And paranormal. God, I got to talk to a lot of people. A couple of interviews again on this very show. And uh, just had a busy, this is probably one of the busiest Octobers I've ever had. You know, I did train at a couple of haunts in the Carolinas this year and put on some workshops and I got some good connections and and doing these uh, these conventions, talked to a bunch of people. So we, we've got several shows worth of material and interviews coming down the pike in the next few weeks, folks. So we hope you enjoy those. But it was it was just a wonderful, wonderful October for me. And, and you know, you guys have been talking about the perfect weather. The only time it rained down here (sighs) was Halloween night. We had a little bit of rain on Sunday, but it was just kind of that misty drizzly stuff. We really didn't have the big drops coming out of the sky, but where we were, we were literally surrounded by clouds and everybody from like 10 to 20 miles out from the haunt got rained on. It rained early in the day and then the weather was perfect on Halloween, but we didn't have the crowds that we were hoping because everybody else was getting rained on and they were just assuming we were getting rained on. And of course we weren't, and we still had decent crowds, but, uh, (laughs) of course it would only rain on Halloween. Right. And for the most, and for the most part, it was that good kind of misty, drippy, the kind where the fog really just hangs there. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll have to post some pictures up on the social medias because that was, that was a lot of fun. And again, the highlight of it all was probably working with my youngest daughter gotcha. that one night. She had a blast. She, got, she had two people that said they peed themselves a little with her, and that was great. And I had one guy who was like, you ain't scary to her. And then he turned around the corner, and I was there, and he goes, oh, well, you kind of scary. <laughs> and that made everybody laugh. So, And I had a couple of people fall backwards and had a couple of people run over their dates trying to get away. So, you know, pretty typical stuff. I didn't have any uh, peed pants that I know of, but uh, all in all, a very successful acting season for me. And I will hopefully do it again this weekend. And maybe I'll get that peed pants this week. Who knows? But a lot of fun there. But um, wanted to ask you guys, too. Um, I noticed that a guest on our show, David Howard Thornton. Has been very successful with Terrifier two coming out.
6: Which if anybody
0: has seen that yet, you know the last quote unquote Halloween movie has come out. Uh, anything good movies or TV wise, haunt related, spooky or scary that you guys uh, got to see this week, this uh, this season? What would you guys think?
9: No, uh, that's my that's my post haunt ritual is all of the scary movies, all of the scary TV shows, all of the all of that stuff that I would normally. You know, before I became a hunter, just really eat up on the whole month of October. Now I save it, and that's what keeps me happy during the month of November. Is is catching up on everything? So, any recommendations? Throw them at me.
5: Okay, um, I watched Halloween Ends, and I'm not a big fan of it. I'm sorry, but
9: no, don't tell me that. I, I'm so sad.
5: You may have a different opinion, but I, I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. I mean, well, to, don't don't let me discourage you from watching it, please. Oh, well,
9: your own. I will watch it, and I will give you my opinion, Mister. Um- <laughs> that, that,
5: that's perfectly fine. And your you could come back and say, Jim, that was the greatest movie I've ever seen.
9: Yeah. You just well, got how- served.
12: You're getting an opinion and a side of grits with sweet tea.
9: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> Halloween Kills, I thought the, the scenes with Jamie Lee Curtis was great. Yep. The whole town's village people torch, you know, pitchforks right. scenes, you know, evil dogs. No spoilers. Oh, well, no, that's for the, that's, that one's been out for three years. We haven't seen it by now too so, bad.
12: Yeah. But it was bad. It was it, there's it's so many different. Halloween movies to catch up on. And, well, like, my wife hasn't seen them, too. So, you know, I, I had gotten the newer Halloween movie, but I haven't watched it because we had to go back and watch the original one from '76, which led to, like, the second or third one. And then I got to explain the third one, which is one of my favorites because it's so weird. And then you got to watch the Rob Zombie ones to appreciate both the new ones and the old ones. Uh, I haven't seen the new yeah. ones yet.
9: If Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in it, don't bother watching it. <laughs> Whenever it comes to the Halloween movies, if it, if she's not in it, don't worry. She's Somebody speaking. had better buy me that t-shirt that she's been wearing that says Final Girl on it. I want that shirt so bad.
0: John Speaking of uh yes. Rob Zombie. Oh go ahead. Sorry.
5: Drew is far behind on horror films because he doesn't normally watch them. I don't watch horror movies.
9: How do you know who who everybody is that you go out and interview and stuff?
0: 'Cause he drinks am, with them. <laughs> I am yeah, I, I hang out with them in the bar after the, the thing, you know. I'm I actually I, I I am not getting a swelled head over this. I am not saying this in any kind of an ego thing, but when I went to the scare fest, I was recognized by name by no less than D Wallace, Bill Mosley, Kane Hodder. all knew me. By sight and by name.
12: Now, if they knew you by your oh, voice,
0: yeah, they probably did. But I mean, I didn't. I wasn't even talking to them. I would just come up to their booth, and you know, D is signing an autograph, and she looks up and she goes, "Oh my
2: god, how are you doing, Drew?" Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Oh,
12: I'm and recognized. I'm somebody." And listeners, if you'd that. like to be an advertiser for Big Scary Show, we now need another ad. Ab- advertiser to pay for the um cleaning service so we can pick up all the names that badger just dropped. <laughs> probably
0: <laughs> but it was uh you know you, you just see these same people and you talk to them every couple of shows and it was so cool cj graham was he remembered me he remembered the show because i think uh, me jerry and jim all talked to him at a uh Scarefest in years past. And you know, Ari Lehman recognized me at Tiny Terracon. And then he came to the pyramids and first Jason did a, a show there. So I got to see his band play again, which was the second time I've seen him. You know, you, you gotta admire Ari because he is the master of the keytar. You you gotta love a man that can play the guitar and rock it the way he does so (laughs) i have to say whenever
9: i was at trans world with drew anytime he would take off to go do interviews and walk around and stuff people would stop at the table and they would look at me like who the heck are you and then say where's drew
0: right oh push y'all you're just trying to say that because it's true but uh (laughs) (laughs) but you know i appreciate that but um (laughs) You were talking a little while ago about Rob Zombie. You know, we've got Daniel Roebuck on this show, and uh, what did you guys have? You guys seen the new Monsters movie? It's let's just say it's had mixed reviews. If you if you if you knew what you were getting into, you're going to love it. If not, eh, I don't know. That's a movie I probably will watch. I haven't seen it yet, but it it's in my list of movies to watch.
12: I have not seen it yet. No, me neither. I, I, you know, I, I just, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I'm not expecting much out of it, so I didn't put it into my Halloween lineup stuff. Uh, you know, there, there are a couple of, of, of decent Halloween stuff. Not many good specials. I, I'm, I'm dying for Disney to put the Halloween tree on to um, you know, their thing. But they probably got to do a lot of remastering, having watched a couple of them on YouTube this year. Uh, because I, I love the Headless Horseman and the Night on Bald Hill. Um, I did watch Hocus Pocus 2 uh because yes. I, I had to by obligation, obligations filmed in rhode island uh but no i i i'm not a huge hocus pocus super fan or anything you know it, it, I, I i'm not a huge fan of the movie as so oh it's good uh the second one was a good sequel I, I thought they 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 did it pretty well I, I don't know what people were expecting uh who were disappointed with it i'm like i don't see what you need to be disappointed with it it was it was like the first one it was fun but not like you're watching a same movie again. I I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, it's not that you know, they're probably good that it was on a streaming you know sort of direct to video service, but um no, that's that's what I expected. And it was good for it's a fun Halloween treat. Uh, so, a, so that was decent. Yeah, is I did a, get that is, one
9: watched because I didn't want any getting it spoiled. So I did watch that one. I loved it. I thought it was a very cute movie. Just it, it was just fun.
0: Is it standalone or do you have to have seen the original for it to make sense?
9: There's there's
12: enough that um you, you know what's going on and they set it up but if you yeah. see the first one you're good to go but sure. again if if you have Disney Plus you can just it's right there I mean yeah oh, another I, hour and ten minutes before it you know I I think we watched it that that morning and then watched uh, Hocus Pocus two later that evening so
5: I've watched number two as well my opinion. I, i'm not sure yet i have to watch it <laughs> that one's
0: also on my list i've seen the first one like like storm i don't get the amazing you know hocus pocus worship that i know some people have of this and they watch it like 10 times every october mm-hmm. but um i think the thing was maybe there's so much expectation because for years we have been seeing on social media fake movie posters like hocus pocus 2 coming this october just like they do with those Beetlejuice posters, you know, and then and, and finally they announce it and everybody's like, Oh my God, this is going to be the greatest thing. And man, expectations were so high. You can't imagine, you know, them meeting everyone's expectations. I'm glad people are enjoying it. It seems to be doing better than the Munsters, but.
9: Well, you know, you know. it, it, it failed whenever it first came out, the original one. Right. Um, and it was one of those things that just became kind of an annual, um, tradition and that's where a lot of the love for it comes from is is the annual tradition just like at christmas people have a certain christmas movie that they watch every single year um and stuff so but i agree with you there was a lot of expectation and i think i think those people if they had just looked at it as a standalone movie it was just it was fun i mean how serious can you get with it you know i don't know like you said i don't know what they were expecting but it's just getting fun yeah,
0: and, and I think that's what you just have to you have to do that with every movie. I mean, there's been such this such of a build-up for the final Halloween ends movie. And I think people are just kind of like, eh, well, you know, I've been hearing about it for two or three years and it just didn't quite meet what I was expecting. Who you know
5: knows? you know what's funny is in September after the conjuring house, we went to Salem. And we were re- went around all the hocus pocus filming locations.
12: They barely filmed in Salem. Um, I know they did, but uh,
5: uh, Max and Danny's house, um, the Salem Common, um, the City Hall, and a couple of, and and what's her name's house, Allison's house, are all in Salem, or at least the exteriors. So.
12: Yeah, it, it, the thing is, Salem in movies and, and shows like that doesn't look like Salem in real life.
4: Right. <laughs>
12: that's that, that's why a lot of it, you know, a lot of the street scenes and stuff were filmed in Providence and, uh, you know, filmed in, uh, you know, rural Rhode Island and stuff. It looks more like Salem, you know, like Salem doesn't have a historical village, uh, you know, like like a pilgrim village or something like they showed in the movie. Yeah, they do. Uh, it, it, it's a little one with two things, but not like they showed in a movie where there's a bunch of houses out in a field. Okay. I gotcha. I got you. There, there, There's a courtyard with an old, old house. Yeah. But it's, it's not like, you know, you're walking into, you know, Salem in the 16th century. Right.
0: I think everybody has that expectation of what they want Salem to be. And that's why they film it in, you know, Rhode Island and those other places, because that's more of their expectation. Mm-hmm. especially with the leaves changing and the, the old architecture and all that, you know, mm-hmm. it's been years since I've been to Salem. And it was the last time was, I guess, with storm like eight years ago. And, and I looked at it as, you know, it's a cool town and it was mid November. So it really was kind of the, the season, but yeah, you're right. With the exception of some of the historical places we went, it was like almost any other new England town up there. So hmm. interesting. But I wanted to ask Jonna a couple of questions regarding Banshee Manor. I know you had mentioned on the show several shows ago when we had Alex from HauntPay on that you were going to be using his services. Yeah. And being that he is a wonderful sponsor of the show, we thought we would uh, just check how did your first year going with HauntPay work for Banshee Manor?
9: Okay. Well, first off, let me do a disclaimer in that I am not paid for any or receive any kind of compensation for anything that I'm about to say about HauntPay. Okay. Um, I would say I'm 90% happy with it. The, there was a couple of things that I was not happy about. Um, and that was, um, I wish there was a report for the queue line. And I did talk to them about this, about a report. So I can compare how many people are actually were put into the virtual queue and stuff compared to the ticket sales. You know, I'd like to have that comparison, um, but there's not a report available for that. And then the other thing really had nothing to do with Haunt pay. It just had the fact that we we had connectivity issues with our internet because the venue would not give us their main um, uh, internet password and stuff. So we had to use the guest. And sometimes whenever you got a bunch of people on their phones there, you know, and everything, we couldn't connect. So we'd have to pull up, you know, hotspots on our phones, you um, and stuff, but that that's nothing against haunt pay. Um, the other thing was it was a little confusing um, on a, on the learning curve, um, but by the end of the first night we had it down. But for the, I mean, for the most part, I am very happy with it, and I'm definitely going to be um, using it again. Continue using it because it it worked great, especially with our our. We had um, one night that was kind of rainy. And so it was a really big plus that people could stay inside, play video games, arcades, and things like that instead of standing outside in the cold. But one thing that was really funny is how conditioned people are to just stand in line because they would check in with us and we would explain to them the virtual queue. And we'd say, you're going to get two text messages. The first one's going to say that you're in the queue now. And then the second one's going to tell you it's almost time. And, and so you can do whatever you want to, and so you get that second one. And then that second one is when you're going to come out and there'll be a short wait for you to go in. And people were like, eh, I'll go ahead and go stand out in line. <laughs> and so we just, we'd have this big line and we'd have to go through and say, okay, you understand we're doing a virtual queue. And just because you're standing in front of this person, this person may actually get in front of you. So there was a learning curve for, for the public because they're just so conditioned to that. But for the most part, um, everyone was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, on Saturday night before Halloween, we were doing about an hour to 20 minute wait time. And so, you know, one group, they were like, you know, can we go get something to eat and then come back? And I was like, yeah, you can do that. Um, cause they didn't want to eat there, but I said, you'll get a text message and, you know, as soon as you get back here we'll get you back get you in and stuff so it was good i would definitely recommend it
0: very nice i uh i know that people are <laughs> the, the waiting in line thing and the internet connectivity issues we had that issue too at the pyramids you know we are literally out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and when you have when you have one of the celebrities there trying to take you know a credit card payment and you can't get signal. And so you'd have to have some actor with a Wi-Fi hotspot on their phone and you'd have to have them stand literally right next to you just so that she could process an autograph purchase. You yeah. Know, that did slow our lines down a little bit. We don't do time ticketing it where we were, but it was a, uh, you know, it was a bit of an issue and, and enough of one, I think that Tony has talked about maybe getting a more centralized Wi-Fi for his haunt because, you know, he had guests every single weekend and every single one of them had issues just, you know, making credit card purchases. We, we Mm -hmm. suggested strongly cash only, but it wasn't always the case. And, and, you know, I definitely
9: want to do the scanner because they, you know, they bring you their phone and they show their QR code on their phone, but I didn't do the scanner. I didn't, I, I guess I just didn't realize how helpful that would be and um, versus just trying to find their name on the ticket transactions and everything, the scanner would have made it much easier. And right. so that is definitely something I'm going to do for next year is get the scanner. But yeah, it was, I would say it's very successful.
0: Excellent. I'm sure Alex will be happy to hear that. Yeah. How about some, how about some good scares? What were some of the better ones or
9: <clears throat> We've got... say,
0: adventures that you had this year? <laughs>
9: um, one of the scares that hit pretty much every single time was um, I can't afford the big distortions props where they can, you know, where it looks like Frankenstein is, you know, chained up against the wall. And then it's actually an actor, you know, the actor you know, I can't really afford that. So I do the poor man's version in that we have chains that are weighted in the back. And so we have an actor who looks like he's chained to the wall, but he's actually able to come out about six feet from that wall. So whenever people go by, he's like struggling, you know, take me with you, take me with you. And then as they're going, starting to go past him, then he lunges out about six feet and people don't expect that. So the weight then, you know, retracts the chains back into the wall. Great scare. Um, everyone likes it. Um, my jester area is always a big hit um, and stuff. But, um, you know, you, you hope you get a great scare from every single person. But, you know, it doesn't happen. But, you know, people who weren't even scared, they still seem to be enjoying it and things like that. Um, probably the roughest critic I had was my daughter came one night and she didn't like the dog that i made she said it looks stupid i was very proud of my dog but she said it looks stupid you know that hurts um (laughs) there was one night we literally within 20 minutes i had a five-star review and a one-star review on facebook you know so that just shows and they got the exact same show (laughs) you know so that just shows that people are going to go into a thing with a certain mindset And what's scary to some is lame to another, you know, you can't help that. But Storm did help talk me off the ledge one time because uh, one day, because we had a review company and I'm not going to name them on here, but we had a review group, I guess I should say, not a company. And they go through several different states and they have missed me the last couple of years because they would come through my area before I would get open. And so I, you know, it's kind of like, please come through, you know, please, please, Please try to make it whenever I'm open and stuff. And they came through. I spoke with them afterwards. Um, they had very nice things to say. They said they enjoyed it. They said they loved the medieval theme. They loved the storyline. They loved the jesters. They lo- They said all of the actors were just spot on. Um, even got one of them a couple of times. Um you know, and I was like, oh, great, you know, this is going to be awesome, and then whenever the review finally came out on their Facebook page, it was basically, they called me a quaint storybook haunt, no haunter wants to be called quaint, so, um, so I, I kind of cried for a moment to Storm, and he, uh, he kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit, and said, okay, First off, they take advertisements from Haunt, So, you know, they're going to give more lip service to them. And then also um, there's ways to spin that, you know, and he gave me some great ideas for spinning that quote of a quaint storybook and things. So um, I learned to, you know, take things like that with a grain of salt. As long as people are coming and buying tickets and they leave smiling, then that's, that's your only review you need.
12: Well, a lot of storybooks have like really violent gory exactly. Endings to them. <laughs> oh exactly and and no the quaint thing sets you up nice and and, and things with that you know always work with stuff like that but <clears throat> it, that's a problem with running a haunt um reviewers and um people's opinions will never meet the expectation and the passion you pour into it uh, mm-hmm. i always drove me nuts too and and you know, a little advice for uh, all our haunters out there. If if you're, you know, managing your social media and stuff, if you see a review or something and respond to it, you're not responding to just the person. You're more responding to like a group and trying to get information out there. Most of the time it's, it's nothing you can really do to fix it or anything, but you can address it and sort of get rid of any um You know, misconceptions there might be in there, too. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't do this. You know, if it's something that didn't work. Oh, we have a great management team that's on scene. If you had a problem, you should, you know, I wish you had brought it up there. You know, you mentioned what you want people to do in the future there or what you want people to get out of it in the future. So, you know, one of the good ways to reply to things don't do it the night of take a breath take a look at it read it over twice but respond to it like you're responding to a group and trying to get the information you want out there uh than just engaging with an individual never just engage with the individual because half of them are trolls and you know they they, they they paid for their ticket maybe i mean sometimes i've gotten reviews where i'm i'm positive the person did not go through because the description is even close. And, you know, if you get really good, you'll have passionate um, uh, customers, not your actors. Forbid your actors from your social media. Yeah. Passionate customers who actually defend your haunt.
9: Yeah. Well, this one, the one star he said, um, and here the people don't realize, I knew exactly who he was because he had his name on the virtual queue. So I, I knew who he was. And I knew he got the same show as everybody else. And so, but he he came out and he said, you know, he, he leaves a one star saying it was just a bunch of jump scares. Mm, okay. Maybe that's because you rushed past the story parts because you didn't want to listen to the story parts. Maybe because you didn't interact with the actors like you were told to. You know, there's a lot of things, but I just didn't respond to it. I let the very next one that was five stars speak for itself. So. But yeah, you have to, sometimes it's hard, but you have to put your ego in check because yes, sometimes your vision doesn't come across to other people the way you hope it would. Like my wolf that I, or my hellhound that I thought up and worked on and was so proud of. And then to have your daughter come and say, no, looks like shadow puppets, mom. Um,
12: (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, did she call it shadow puppets or call it stupid? Well, well, b- because you know, I, I'd put it in storage. I'd put a dunce cap on it and send her the picture. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you, always gotta, you always got, you always got to turn that stuff around on them, even even on your you know family when they do that thing. And and like the guy with the jump scare, the response I'd have to that one, they go. I'm glad you jumped at every single thing to say everything's <laughs> a jump scare. Uh, we're glad you were that scared to jump yeah. at every single thing, including the restroom sign.
9: Yeah. No, my hellhound is going to get repainted, and it's going to become a bear. Beware of um, hellhound sign, um, and put on my back fence for my dogs. So. <laughs>
12: So
0: looking at the clock here, we probably need to start winding this down a little bit. Um, I know there's a couple of things still going on in the haunt season, you know, legendary haunt tour, IAPA, trans worlds some stuff like that going on. But um, looking back from, say, September 1st, what would be your most memorable experience, whether it was going through a haunt, whether it was working at a haunt, maybe it was some really cool thing you saw or movie or TV show? What, was your, uh, what were your favorite memories of the 2022 haunt season?
9: I would have to say it was the end of the night on Sunday night, this past Sunday. Um, and normally I wouldn't have been able to do this, but because it was, they were literally the last two going in, I was able to do this. But the dad had freaked the kid out so bad he was a probably, I would say 12 year old, 11 or 12 year old. And his dad, they said, even in the queue line or, you know, the virtual queue and stuff, he was like, you know, just basically, you know, you're going to die in here, you know, are you ready? And just really hyping him up and just had him freaked out so that whenever it was time for him to go in, he was just like, no, no. Then the dad changed instead of and all this stuff he's like are you really going to chicken out you've been looking forward to this all day you're going to chicken out and I'm going to go tell all your friends that you're a baby and that you chickened out and everything and I was like okay I've had enough of this so I went over and talked to the boy did not address the father at all I talked to the boy and introduced myself to him that I was the owner that this was all pretend that this is a story that I completely made up nobody was going to touch him or anything and he was about to go but he was still kind of I don't know and I said how about if I go in with you he was like maybe maybe and then I pulled out the nice monster card and I don't do this very often because it it does take a lot more time and it kind of takes the actors out of the spirit but when it's the last one of the show it was okay and so we did nice monsters, and what nice monsters means is that they interact with them, but they are not trying to scare them. And we've done this with autistic kids, um, and and things like that before. So this kid ended up going through the haunt with me, me telling him the story, us talking about different things, all of the actors interacting with him. Whenever they got to the Templar Knight, my Templar Knight. Did a little speech and knighted him as a new protector of Banshee Manor. And we went through the whole thing and he came out with smiles. And I said, How was that? And he was like, That was so much fun. And I said, I'm glad you like that. Now, are you going to come back next year with and go through it with the scares and stuff? And he's like, Yeah, probably. He said, That was really fun. And the dad had just this look of embarrassment, almost, that he had caused all of this. And he 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 was like, thank you so much for doing that. And I said, and next time, we're not going to freak him out before they get to the door, are we? And he's like, no, I think <laughs> I, I, I need to tone that down. And the actress <laughs> appreciated it and stuff. But here's the kid that would have left, hating haunted houses, never wanting to go to another one. And I'm so glad that we were fortunate enough to have the time to, to spend with him where now he has good memories.
12: Yeah, he'll probably home. be working for you in a dozen years.
9: Yeah, I would love that. <clears throat> I would love that, you know, but uh, I there did, was a I, lot of good memories, but that was my favorite one.
0: I, I did notice that there were an awful lot of haunts this year. And this maybe this is going to be a trend. And I think this is a very positive trend. There were a lot of kids days at the haunts.
9: Mm -hmm. I did that like
0: a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon where it wasn't particularly scary. You had the lights on, you had people who could walk through Mm -hmm. and see how things worked. And you know, that, that was a lot more prevalent this year than I've seen in previous years. So
9: yeah, we did a no scare night. We did it it on the Thursday before Halloween weekend. And um, one of my crone sister, we, we were the crone sisters that night. We didn't have any other actors except for the two of us. And we, we rotated and we had stories, you know, like one area where it was a maze, we'd say, you know, these halls used to be long and straight, but then they became dark and crooked, much like the Macralic's you know, and things like that. So we were a little spooky, but nothing terrifying. And um, I think for the first time us doing it, and we had between 40 and 45 people. I only charged five bucks, you know, a person for that. Um, but it was nice being able to offer that alternative because we are in a family fun park and we don't we don't encourage anyone under six to come through it. It was nice to be able to offer that to them as an alternative. And it was other than me not feeling well that night and throwing up in the parking lot afterwards. Um, It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
12: That's not too bad for a one shot, and you don't do a big promotion and stuff for it too. 40, 45 people. I and mean, that's right. the thing: people say they love the idea and stuff. And you, if you put a lot into it, you, you, you sometimes don't get the attendance. But that that seems scaled right, and that the uh, that's not too bad. But, you know, you get a little bit of growth with that. That's a that's a good tradition you can build on.
9: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, How I think we'll, we'll continue that
12: very nice let's see, let's see that continue and I
0: hope it does all over the country storm how about you what was say your most memorable experience of the season
12: <clears throat> I, I got two things so first one personal uh, you know was Decorating with my nephew, you know, he's a little, you know, three year old guy and he, he loves dinosaurs and stuff. So years ago, you know, like any haunter, the day after Halloween is my favorite, the clearance stuff. And sometimes you get the haunt madness and you buy things that you have no idea what you'll ever use it for. And I had purchased a um, little about, you know, about the size of a bread box um, skeleton triceratops. And he's got the light up eyes and growls and stuff. And he's been sitting in my closet for about six years uh, because I really, you know, didn't have anything to show or display him right and stuff. So, you know, my, my, my little cousin, my little nephew comes and helps set up everything, has a good day with it. So I go and I bring out this dinosaur. I go, dude, this is yours now. You get you give it a home. And it still had the tags on stuff. Oh, he was, he was, he is ecstatic with that. He, he, he walked away with a lot of stuff. My sister's probably going to kill me because he, he had pumpkins he was bringing home and balloons and then this growling dinosaur for the hour and 20 minute ride back that he had in the back of the car. So that was fun and, and good and, and you know the, the picture of the day is him sitting on my lap holding the dinosaur. So uh, it's a skeleton one and it's actual. You know, not like your squid skeletons and stuff that don't make sense. That one does. So I I can even encourage them to keep it out all year long because skeleton dinosaurs. But the other thing I love about this year and I'm happy about is the absolute popularity and, you know, catch fire of the 12-foot skeletons. They were everywhere. People had them. They were a thing. Uh, I was seeing them on backs of trucks in reality TV. I was seeing them posted in means. There's a Dunkin' Donuts ad featuring a 12-foot skeleton. Why do we love Halloween? Why do we love fall? So we can have a 12-foot skeleton. Ooh, Dunkin'. That was awesome. I think that's going to be the push, and and, and some I like, and there are just so many of them, and everybody recognizing what it is, and it being a a sign of here's somebody who's dedicated to Halloween and something neat with it. Twelve foot skeleton. This is going to be a tradition. This is going to be a new thing. I, I think you know, in twenty years or something, it's going to be like the blow mold jack o' lanterns. Uh, you know, the the twelve foot skeleton is going to be this icon of you know uh Halloween for the uh you know 2020s well you know
5: they've got the 12 foot witch and the 12 foot werewolf now too
12: Uh, yeah wonderful and a 12 foot mummy but it's a 12 foot skeleton everybody loves nobody wants a lumberjack werewolf
5: and they've got those new life eyes in them have you seen those yeah I have not
12: Yeah, no, Yeah, it's a little digital eyes to follow you. Oh, wait, yeah. That's one of the neatest things with the skeletons, yes. Okay, yeah, I have seen that, actually. That was pretty cool.
0: So how about you, Jim? What was your most memorable experience of the season?
5: Uh, There was two, actually, like Storm. I had two. Um, The first one was playing Bigfoot at a haunt that was run by a city. Um, in the city of Obetz, Ohio, where uh, Donnie Hoover, my co-host on Wrestle Horror, lives. Um, every year, this, the Fortress Obetz, which is in the city limits, it's a big entertainment venue. It's got a stadium. It's got uh, a couple of bars. It's got all kinds of room. They, we, we do wrestling shows there. Uh, they do concerts there. Things it's just it's a big entertainment venue in the city, and I guess they've got a surplus of money or something because they put this on for free. Anybody can come in; doesn't cost them a dime to go through the uh, the haunt that we set up. And this year it was a uh, last year it was under the bleachers. They said no, we don't want to do the bleachers this year, so we had a hay ride out through a field beyond the parking lot that went through some woody patches, which which made it good because you got some good scare points in there. Um, and I told Donnie that I would bring up my Bigfoot costume. Boy, was that a mistake? <laughs> um, I got up there a little bit late, and somebody came out in a golf cart, and she goes, you must be my Bigfoot. I said, yep. I said, give me a few minutes to get into the costume. So we kept myself as hidden as much as possible. Got me out there. I ended, it turns out I'm at the end of the
0: hayride.
5: Nobody told me I was the final act.
0: So they didn't hand you a chainsaw. Uh,
5: I would have thrown it down. I don't do. Chainsaws. <laughs> uh, so I, I got myself positioned um, just inside the woods And there was this big, it wasn't an air cannon, it was a propane-powered cannon. Uh, And it was like 10 feet from me. So you can imagine my hearing. Mm. Um, But every time a cart would come by, as soon as that fired, I'd come charging out of the woods. And you know what? I only scared one person the whole night. But, but. I heard so many cries from children of, look, daddy, it's Bigfoot. And the dads playing along, that right there made it all worthwhile. The kids were entertained. They got to see Bigfoot. I was a happy camper. I only, I didn't care that I only scared one person.
9: Sometimes <laughs> it's not the scare, it's the memory, right?
5: Yes, absolutely. Uh, and the second memory was... Um, the following night at Carnage Haunted House, uh, working the queue line with my daughter was fun. It really was. We worked well together. Um, There's times where she and I would do uh, distraction scare. Uh, it was an absolute joy. And let me tell you something. After working the night before, my back was jacked up and my daughter gives a mean back rub. Oh, my gosh. She straightened out my back. <laughs> I told her I was going to hire her because my back, I I literally, she, before we went to carnage, she worked on my back. My legs hurt. My neck hurt. My feet hurt, but my back felt fine. So um, those memories were just, uh, uh, they're going to, there's are memories I'm going to cherish because the both of them were special in their own way.
0: I would have to say my best memory was working, like you said, working with my youngest daughter at the pyramids. And one scare kind of pops out was, you know, sometime during the night, don't remember when, but this group of about six people came through. And in the very back of the group was this guy who was probably your size, Jim. He's probably about 6'3", 6'4", probably 290 pounds, not all muscle but he, he kind of had that look like, I'm in the back because nobody can scare me, whatever. And when my daughter creeped from around the corner and just locked eyes with him, he was kind of like, oh, hell no. And he started pushing his way forward through the group, trying to get away from her, not realizing that just around the corner was me. And... When I threw the curtain back and popped out, and this corridor kind of does a quick little L shape, he was like, oh hell no. And he literally pushed his girlfriend, wife, whatever to the ground, like literally like grabbed her shoulders and like pushed her so he could like leapfrog over her. And he took off down the corridor and around the corner. And she got up, she was not happy. Yeah, ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, <laughs> probably. Everybody in the line was laughing. My daughter was laughing. I was trying so hard not to burst out laughing. And this the way this way lays out, it, it doubles back so that there's only a thin wall separating from where I was and the corridor behind me. They come back behind me about two minutes later. And there's a really cool scene back there and two or three scenes down there, you could hear this, oh, hell no, going through the haunt. So you, so I knew pretty much where he was during the haunt for, you know, a couple of minutes after my scene. So, you know, just because they're big and menacing looking does not mean you can't scare them if right. you try. <laughs> and that that's one I'll always remember. And then coming out that night after midnight, the way the fog was hanging, the way the lights were shining through it, he's got a bunch of laser effects and everything it was just it, it it's to me it's what haunted houses are all about you know i'm standing there on the midway i'm I'm surrounded by fog and the lights the the people leaving the parking lot driving past where we were and the the, the hangers on and a couple of the queue line people you know doing their thing that that to me was something that'll burned itself into my memory and i'll i'll never forget that so a great great season overall it sounds like it was for everybody
5: yeah
0: so i do want to thank everybody for taking the time to come and talk to us here you know i know we're, we're kind of in a little bit of a mourning period now now that halloween's over but remember folks Trans world's three months away and there's still some haunts going on all the way through mid november so if you're lucky enough to be near one go through it if you got a blackout coming to your haunt go to it and uh all that good stuff, but I want to thank our hosts for talking about their Halloween seasons, doing a little bit of retroactive Halloweens as well, and all the cool stuff. And that panel of hosts includes Storm.
12: You know, Badger just set up the new Ultimate Haunter scene you know you you just have a wall there and if you you get that one percent of customers who come through going oh hell no and you have an actor in a big red costume crash through the wall going oh yeah (laughs) that's a kool-aid man
0: i'm gonna suggest that to tony this weekend oh and and i'll suggest that to him and i know exactly what he'll say oh hell no (laughs) i also want to thank meat hook
5: jim No, you know what you need to do is you need to get one of those silicone skin walls where you can just stretch out. Oh yeah, put that up there, man! Oh man, people done it,
12: done it. You gotta hose them down at the end of the night too. They get sweaty and people just push their backsides against it. It gets weird.
5: But I mean, just
12: (laughs) and that's just the actors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh also
0: want to thank the old crone aka Jana, for hopefully a very successful season with Banshee manor
9: it was i want to go to bed now night night no night night
0: <laughs> there you go my name is drew badger folks and just reminding you again support your local haunts if they've got a christmas event or a Krampusnacht knocked event coming up go support them it is what they do and that's what we do here on the big scary show. I love the Kool-Aid idea. That's, oh, that's hilarious. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at the Tiny Terror Con here in Hickory, North Carolina. We're having a grand old time chatting with all the cool kids. And if you remember years and years ago, we had Mark Torgel on from the Toxic Avenger. Great guy, great guest, really nice person. And you don't see a lot of people who are in movies like the Toxic Avenger, a lot of the trauma films out there. But we've got Ron Fazio here, who was not only in Toxic Avenger Part 2, but also... Part three. I believe the only person to ever do that. You know, working alongside the legendary Lloyd Kaufman and all that.
2: Ron lives just down the road in Raleigh, but he's up here in Hickory today. Ron, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. It's a beautiful day. The drive out here was gorgeous in this uh, fall weather and uh, just. Uh, Looking at all these fans, it's just so nice to be here and to say hello to the fans, the Toxic Avenger fans, and even some people who don't even know what the Toxic (laughs) Avenger is. So I'm having a great time.
0: Uh, The drive from Raleigh must have been nice. You know, the leaves are starting to change. I can only imagine I-40 and I-85 coming up here from the Raleigh area must have been just beautiful. The leaves are just starting to hit some nice color.
2: Yeah, exactly. I can't even say it anything better than that. It was just very pretty as you, you know, drive over here, and it was like, Beautiful day. Couldn't ask for a better day.
0: And speaking of a day like this, how's the show been? People, I assume, have been coming up saying, oh man, I
2: love the Toxic Avenger and I love all the trauma films and all that stuff and I've been talking to you about such. That is true, but I want to even clarify that even more because I have a few f- people who came by who have no idea who the Toxic <laughs> Avenger is and then you go on to the other end of the continuum and I have people who are super fans of the Toxic Avenger, so I appreciate all that. You know, talking to people and just trying to say, if you don't know who the Toxic Avenger is, I'll tell you about it, and you might even want to buy or rent the the video on Amazon or eBay or who knows wherever. Or uh, if you are a big fan, uh, come on and get an autograph or talk and talk stories and what we did. You know, when we filmed back there in 1988. and oh, uh, Has it been and, that long? Yeah, 1988, and then uh, went to Japan. You know, uh, that summer. Uh, so it was a lot of fun just doing the filming. It was like Halloween every day.
0: <laughs> and, of course, you got a great uh, bust here of the Toxie. Uh, I'm assuming that is a foam latex mask, or is it just a static bust?
2: I think it's just a, it is a mask. Um, it was lended to me by the uh, director of the um, uh, Tiny Terror okay. um, com uh, here. Uh, I think his name is Jacob. Um, so he said, yeah, to be glad to put it on your table. So here we are.
0: And people are looking at that and going, oh, my God, it's a Toxic Avenger. <laughs> you know, Trauma Films has such a cult following. I mean, you, you can't describe it any other way. Lloyd Kaufman is a freaking genius, and he, he knows how to make these low-budget grade Z films, for lack of a better word, with lots of gore and nudity and sick and disgusting <laughs> and vile, and they're just a delight to watch. How, how many people come up to you and say, "My God, you're part of an absolute legacy"? Because Lloyd Lloyd has an absolute legacy with all the other all the other trauma things, and everything he does seems to have like four or five sequels to it.
2: Exactly. Um, well, uh, to answer that question is they're super fans, and and they they appreciate the campiness, the goofiness, the the horror behind it. Um, But I think, you know, Lloyd has a way of making uh, a horror movie uh, comical. So if you want to call that schlocky horror or whatever, and I think some of these fans are just out here, you know, almost like complimenting me. And it's like, I didn't do anything. I just actually acted in the movie. But, you know, uh, it was just, I just appreciate all that, you know, hearing the feedback from people who are coming to say hello to me. So...
0: I think the thing about Lloyd is he knows what he's got as far as a product. You know, he doesn't take it too seriously. He doesn't do, you know, oh, you know, I'm a serious director, whatever. He he knows what what fans like and and he does that very well. He's probably the nichiest film producer, film director in in all of horror fandom. And I think that's what makes him so delightful.
2: Yes, exactly. And it was, I thought when I was working with him, it was a pleasure, because he tells you what you actually want, what he wants, I'm sorry. And you can actually put in your two cents as well. But when it comes time to get the work done, he's straight as an arrow. So he could be very uh, off the chart, uh, crazy, wacky, and um, and silly. But when it's time to get things done, he pushes you right in that same direction that you're going to go. And he comes up with a successful, albeit campy and, and goofy type of movie. But it, it's successful. That's the bottom line. It's successful.
0: Yeah, you, you can't deny that. So anyway, Ron, I know you don't necessarily work a lot in the business now, but I know you do make occasional appearances. Is there a website or social medias where people can follow you? And you know, are you making any more
2: appearances in, say, the next few weeks or months or anything like that? I don't have that scheduled, but I do have a website. It's just ronfazio.com um pursuing an acting career on the side because i do have a full-time job uh, over in raleigh um but on the um as a side hustle at this point in time um when something comes up uh and i could be available for it hey i'm there so i'll try to work on it in that re- in that respect
0: and you do all your own stunts too right
2: i try <laughs> <laughs> although i did get a recent hip replacement so i got to be careful
0: <laughs> you do the stunts but slowly. Oh, so yeah. Small so once again. Stunts. There you go. Once again folks ronfazio.com that is f a z i o ronfazio.com if you're a film director and you'd like to have somebody who was in talks of Danger part two part three or something like that to pad your resume. <clears throat> I didn't say that. Anyway folks go check him out and in the meantime we're out here checking out tinyterror.com here in beautiful Hickory North Carolina. My name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show and we're out.
5: Passion is what drives
12: us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And we are just getting started. From flex props to nine foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are Creepy Collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com Now that's creepy.
1: Virgil Franklin and Mark Strait. The Haunted, a big scary show exclusive.
0: everybody, Drew Badger here, we are live at Scarefest Lexington, Kentucky, and of course when you look up and you see the giant Stay puff Marshmallow Man, you know that there are Ghostbusters around, this case being the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters. They have come up here and are doing their job busting ghosts and raising money for various charities. You know we love talking to Ghostbusters. We have Gary and Kevin here, Ryan, how are you guys doing? Awesome, having a great time.
8: Oh yeah, we're having a great time here.
0: And uh, I assume you guys were here yesterday. Yesterday was crazy. They've just opened the doors here on Saturday, so I imagine it's going to be absolutely insane here. It's
7: going to be bonkers. We're ready for it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: You think any ghosts will try to sneak in without buying a ticket?
7: They would be foolish to do so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what do you guys do? I mean, we talk you know, to Ghostbuster chapters all over the country, and, and most of the time they're out there hunting ghosts and doing their thing. But you guys also raise a lot of money for a lot of very good causes. You make personal appearances. You do corporate events, parties, charity events. I assume Halloween is busy for you guys. What is your main source of, say, charitable when you raise money for charity? Who does it mostly go toward and, and what does it go towards?
7: Mostly the U.K. Children's Hospital.
0: So all the money you raise just goes there, or is it a portion of, or what it... 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%, 100% goes. So how are you
8: raising money for them at Scarefest? So uh, for Scarefest this weekend, we have what's called the Ghost Hunt Game. Hmm. And uh, for a $2 donation uh, to the Kentucky Children's Hospital, you get to become an officially licensed Ghostbuster for the oh, day. nice. So we have these pictures of ghosts hidden throughout the con. Um, they're in the vendor booths. And uh, just for playing the game, you uh, get a ticket to enter a raffle for a process that we have set up on a table behind us. Um, If you can find five of those ghosts, uh, you get uh, a second entry into the raffle. And if you find all ten, you get a third entry. So that's three entries for just two bucks that goes to the Children's Hospital.
0: Can't argue with that. So what other kind of appearances do you... I imagine October is crazy busy for you guys. Where are some examples of some places where you may have shown up in the past and maybe showing up
7: in the future? Uh, We've been to Keeneland. We've been to Lexington Comic and Toy Convention. uh, Of course, Scarefest. Any place that'll have us, we'll be there to raise money. Absolutely.
8: And Halloween is a very uh, special day because, and especially this year, um, we do what's called a reverse trick-or-treat at the... UK Hospital. Hmm. So uh, we go full gear uh, and visit the Children's Hospital and we hand candy out to the kids. And it's super fun and uh, we're so excited that this is the first year since COVID that we've been invited back and uh, several other groups have caught on to that too. So we get to do that and uh, we always run by Employment Solutions. Uh, That's a special one that we go and do on Halloween. So Halloween's very busy, very fun.
0: Yeah, there's nothing more depressing than having a child in the hospital on a holiday like Halloween. You know, Christmas and Halloween have got to be like the two most sad things for a child to be in a hospital. And it's wonderful that you guys will go out in full gear. Do you maybe put on a show? Do you have somebody in a Slimer costume and you capture them or anything like that? Or is it just handing out candy and talking with the kids
8: it's just handing out candy talking to the kids and what's so funny is that the staff there have as much fun out of it that that the kids they stop and they want to get pictures and everything so it's, it's a good time sounds like a plan do you guys recruit during
0: the course of the year if I lived somewhere I assume you guys are in western Kentucky are you based out of
8: what town so it started out in Bowling Green uh, years ago, but um, just sort of the members were kind of spread around. So we're mostly based in Lexington. Okay. But we're spread throughout uh, Kentucky, and I think we've got somebody that's in Detroit that will come when, when, when he can. That's so a heck of a commute. It's, it's a very big commute. We don't see him very much, but, uh, but yeah, so we're always recruiting. Um, you can reach, us, reach out to us on Facebook. Um, at uh, I believe it's the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters on on Facebook so you can reach out to us and find out where we're going to be.
0: I was going to ask you know as as a recruit what are they responsible for do they have to purchase their own gear do they have to learn how to make a proton pack what kind of a do you make them catch a ghost what kind of (laughs) cool stuff do you do in the
7: recruitment process Uh, mostly have your own suit get a pack and be very enthusiastic to be raising money for children
0: Sounds like a great idea. And do you guys ever go out and show up at, say, some of these investigations? You know, I saw the, the ghost hunters are out here in the celebrity aisle. Have you guys walked over there and, like, talk shop or anything like that?
7: <laughs> Maybe on occasion. Uh, me, personally, I would love to go to Waverly Hills in full gear and nice. just uh, see what it's like to go there. But uh, i be happy to talk to anybody about it. Fantastic.
0: So once again, folks,
7: look for Western Kentucky
0: Ghostbusters on Facebook. Watch for them coming to hopefully a venue near you, or, and and how can people hire you guys to maybe come a, and do an event?
8: Just send, shoot us a message on Facebook, and someone will get with you and see what what we need to do. See who what we need to bust.
0: Excellent, <laughs> and you guys do such great job with the. Uh, Children's Hospital, because once again, folks, you know, nothing is sadder than having your child in the hospital, even more so at a time like Halloween. And it's people like the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters that'll come up and maybe bring a smile to their face. So look up the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters on Facebook or catch them at an appearance at Scarefest or other conventions coming soon, hopefully to a place near you. Guys, Kevin, Gary, it's a pleasure to speak to you here on The Big Scary Show. My name is Drew Badger here at Scarefest, getting ready to bust some ghosts, and we're out.
1: Ohio Haunted House Owners Actors and Enthusiasts Join the new Ohio Haunters Association We are working with Haunters across the state From home to pro To strengthen the Ohio Haunt community Open to all owners Actors, makeup artists Prop builders, designers And Halloween paranormal enthusiasts The Ohio Haunters Association Where haunting Is the heart of it all Look for us on Facebook.
5: Greetings listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out, don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Man is the only one to whom the torture and death of his fellow creatures is amusing in itself, wrote 19th century historian James Frode. In his History of England, torturers in Europe amused themselves with a few favored devices. That stereotypical fixture of the torture chamber, the rack, first came to Britain around 1420, when the Duke of Exeter, was constable of the Tower of London. Afterward, a spell on the rack was called being married to the Duke of Exeter's daughter. The rack was one of the favorite options of the Spanish Inquisition, but it was never formally adopted in England as a legal means of obtaining confessions. However, following the discovery of the gunpowder plot in 1605, King James I gave his blessing for its application against the captured Guy Fawkes. In a letter to the interrogators the king wrote, If he will not otherwise confess, the gentler tortures are to be first used unto him et sic per gratis ad emma tenditor, and so on step by step to the most severe and Godspeed your good work. Many of the orders for torture in England came from the Star Chamber and the Palace of Westminster, where in Tudor times was devoted to the administration of justice. The victims were accused of treason and included the Knights Templar in the 14th century and active Jesuits in Elizabethan times. Elsewhere in Europe... The Inquisition used iron boots to elicit confessions. With the victim in a sitting position, their feet were tightly bound in a wooden box and then wedges of wood or iron were hammered between the box and the skin, slicing through the flesh and often breaking bones in the process. screws, which probably originated in Russia, were likewise used in Europe. England's King William III tried some for size, and declared that they would have made him confess to anything. The Iron Maiden was an upright coffin with inner spikes. When the unfortunate victim was forced inside and the door shut upon them, the spikes strategically pierced organs like the eyes and the lungs. However, the prongs were too short to cause rapid death. The prisoner lingered in agony for many hours. England alone made use of the Skeffington's Gives, or Scavenger's Daughter. Dating from Tudor times, it consisted of a metal circle jointed in two places. The victim knelt on one semicircle while the torturer forced the other half across their back, tightening it to squash the body the Inquisition exceeded the methods of torture employed in Britain. Its implements including, included white-hot pincers, a heated iron chair, different forms of water torture, hanging by the wrists with weighted ankles, and much more. Bones were crushed, skin slashed, and blood spilled as the Inquisitors sought confessions with the pious intention of saving souls. Sometimes I think maybe we should bring some of that back in the 21st century, but uh, that's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, you know, feel free to chime in if you like. Thanks for listening.
1: Twins of Evil and Hands of the Ripper. Double evil shock hits with the most fearsome females in horror history. Twice the spine-chilling, heart-stopping terror. Twins of Evil and Hands of the Ripper. Rated R under 17, not admitted without parents.
9: <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> the haunt industry has always been a community of misfits, weirdos, and anyone who feels like they don't fit in normal society. We are probably the most accepting industry because we all count ourselves as a bit abnormal. Inside a haunted house we can create new characters, new personas. We can let our freak flag fly and know that the public will accept us as we are, if only for a short time. One of the reasons I enjoy my alter ego of the old crone is because there are no expectations of her. It's okay that she's not young, that she's not pretty, or that she's sarcastically and occasionally rude. The old crone can get away with all kinds of things that would be frowned upon in polite society. But now the haunt season is over. So how do we go back to being in the real world? Our goth wardrobes are once again looked at with a side eye. The trans kid is once again pressured to fit into society's version of normal. The shy girl retreats back into her shell. The old crone has to once again be a professional adult. There's a reason honors against hate and don't be a monster organizations are needed. While society is more, quote, woke than ever before, there are still a lot of discrimination and bullying that goes on every day. And I'm not just talking about our teenagers. Adults, too. It's sad that there will always be bullies. And Karens and political agendas out there dividing us. So if you can create a safe haven within your haunt, please do so. Be the family and friend that a lot of people don't have. And don't let it just be for the haunt season. If you truly believe haunting is a way of life, then keep that family in touch year-round. Do events and get-togethers throughout the year. Create a staff page and celebrate birthdays and happy events. Or just funny memes. I have been on the phone with a staff member at 3 in the morning that was suicidal. I have supplied that couch to someone who had nowhere to go. I have adopted that college kid who felt alienated by his family because of his sexual orientation. Now believe me, I am no one special, and I am not bragging. I'm just saying, if I can make a difference in someone's life, then you can too. Hearing normal is hard for all of us. Give yourself and staff a chance throughout the year to be a weirdo again, if only for an evening. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron.
0: Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We are live at the American Horror Plex in Louisville, Kentucky, on the road. Taking a break from Scarefest, ran down I-64, had to come to this. I have been hearing about this place for the last couple of years when Travis told us that he was opening up a new place. I knew I had to put it on my bucket list, and now that I had the chance to come out here, this place is really, really cool. I just went through it with Travis, so want to get some feedback here. Travis, first of all, this is a great haunt. I enjoyed the heck out of
3: it. Well, thank you. I mean, that's kind of the point, you know. I want, I, I yeah, want. People... <laughs> God, I had a lousy time, but no. But no, you know, I want people to come out and have a good time, not not scare themselves so bad as they pee. But I want them to. Oh, get you some... want
0: a little bit of dribble want, here and I there. I I want a little dribble. Yeah. Okay.
3: But uh, but I want them just to have a good time and experience the fall and Halloween and what it's all like to be to have some fun.
0: You know, this is traditionally the busiest haunt weekend of the season. It's the weekend before the week of Halloween. And uh, there's a lot of people in line, but everyone's patient. I've heard a lot of screams. I've heard a lot
3: of yells. One thing I have not heard is a chainsaw. So the chainsaw does come out. However, uh, the chainsaw isn't typically part of the haunt. So it's not, do tell. It's not a run out, chase them away. Uh, it's a prop that we use in the line. Get them riled up before they go in. You know that—that's what I want. Is the whoa, yeah, okay, we, you know, and get the scare up front, so they can enjoy the show later, and then come out here to the midway and. I don't necessarily want to say spend money, but yes, you do. experience all we have to offer. <laughs> For a little bit of cash, maybe plastic, depending on who your vendor is. Right. There you
0: go. You know, we we, love, we understand good old American capitalism here. And, uh, <laughs> and on a beautiful fall night like this, the temperature is probably 60 right now. The stars are starting to come out a little bit. And, you know, it's perfect weather to go out to a haunt. And people are enjoying themselves, you know, we're hanging out in the midway with these giant chickens and there's dogs and there's goats over here that look like they came (laughs) over from Hunters Against Hate when they had the breakfast with the goats or whatever. It was, you know, this is just a fun little place, but there's also a lot of real life history at this place. This is a a real old building and you know everybody has these stories about oh you know i'm buried on an indian graveyard or oh you know the factory had x number of deaths or whatever but there's actual real american history at this building
3: there is there is so uh you know our building was built in 1946 coincidentally enough that was also when operation paperclip happened And if you know anything about World War II history... Google Operation Paperclip, folks. You'll understand that anything that dealt with that has a wicked, wicked backstory. And our building and the staff inside may have had something to do with that. Huh. So during, uh, you know, for 20 years until the building burned to the ground, there was some wicked stuff happening in there.
0: (laughs) Nothing that we can really talk about without you buying a ticket and going through, but some of the things I really like about this place are... You know, one, you've got like historical markers in the line to kind of explain what's going on.
3: Absolutely. So the story for us is very important. You know, we don't want to just be a haunted house where people go in, there's Michael Myers or a werewolf, and, you know, you get (laughs) get your scares. Um, But we want you all to have an experience when you're here and be part of Louisville's hidden history.
0: I like that term, hidden history, because I'm assuming that the vast number of people that live in Louisville don't know about Operation Paperclip, don't know about the history of this building when it burned down in the 1960s and was rebuilt to, you know, for whatever purposes, but, you know, there was a factory here, there was an actual manufacturing plant here, there's all sorts of really cool stuff. But you had that little sinister history beforehand, and you've really done a great job of incorporating that in the haunt.
3: Well, and you know the the very first room you go into is our museum with artifacts and trophies and things from the hospital itself, and uh, I think our curator does a very good job of explaining what we have. And uh, you know you have a few moments to take all that in before you walk through our graveyard into the building itself
0: yeah i I will say that it was fairly non-stop for the time we walked through there was a lot of very enthusiastic actors there was a lot of great scenery a lot of cool props you know this is uh this has already jumped into one of this has jumped into one of my favorite haunts of the season even though you know i'm working at one i haven't been to many but this already is is one of the highlights of my season and i'm I'm really happy to have been out
3: here. Well, I appreciate it, Drew. You know, I know that you're a shut-in and you don't get out very often. Oh, of so, course. So I'm glad that you came out <laughs> to see us. But, they know, let me out once in a while. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is something fun and unique. I mean, right now, I know you folks can't see it from home, but we've got people riding giant chickens out here in the middle of the midway. He's just not to, lying. Just to have fun. I mean, that's, that is what this season is about. And if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong.
0: Yes, when I think Halloween, I think riding giant chickens. I mean,
3: that's it. That is <laughs> next to jack-o'-lanterns. Screw
0: it's pumpkins. <laughs> forget black cats. It's riding giant chickens. Holy crap. That That's just amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that, that's, that's the goal, guys. So come on out and see us if you get a chance. Well, there's always next year.
0: There is always next year. However, you know, even though this is going to air after Halloween and everything, you have been making some hints that there might be something going on during the later big holiday towards the end of the year
3: so what we're looking at is possibly which you can find on americanhorrorplex.com facebook nice and uh, all the other social medias but we're thinking about doing a christmas event and calling it silent night and making it more of a scavenger hunt don't get detected you know kind of sneaking through the facility to find out what really happened here and expose it
0: So maybe, you know, not necessarily an investigation like a paranormal team would do, but just kind of walking through trying to find clues to solve a mystery, it sounds like.
3: Absolutely. So you may walk into the doctor's study and find a paper that's been typed on the typewriter that exposes what he's just done. No spoilers. Right. Uh, (laughs) There may be some test tubes that have specimens. and You know, there's all these things that you'll have to bring to the end of the haunt without getting caught
0: caught by what
3: exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it sounds like it's gonna be fun and <laughs> for those out here who uh, enjoy Christmas haunts I assume that this is going to be just something that will be a Louisville tradition hopefully for many years to come
3: that's what we hope and tradition is the right word I um, you know we've been running haunts down the area for 11 years I've been part of them for the last 20. And we are now starting to see that tradition, the generations coming back, um, people bringing their kids, people bringing their younger siblings that weren't able to come when they could. And they get to experience what we provide every single season now with someone new. And it's, it's great to be part of those memories.
8: And,
0: and one of the things we talked about at Hunters Against Hate last July in Lexington, I believe you said there were 26 haunted attractions in and around the Greatville, Louisville area.
3: If you go with, if you go about 50 miles, which is what I would consider, you know, people drive an hour to For go to haunted sure. houses, um, there's over 20 haunts. And, and,
0: and most of them work together as far as either cross-promoting, there's none of that quote-unquote feuding with the overwhelming majority of them.
3: Well, Drew, if you had noticed in the line, we have that big blow-up movie screen. Yes. And we show other haunted houses commercials on that screen. In the lobby as you exit, there are flyers to every haunted house in town. Nice. We want to make sure that we're spreading the wealth. We all share the same pie, and if the water rises, all ships float a little higher.
0: There you go. So it's always a pleasure to come out to a great haunt like this on a beautiful fall evening, having a lot of fun. The, The people going through here are having a good time. I've heard some... Great comments, you know, especially when we were standing at the exit and people were leaving and coming up and giving you hugs and saying, <laughs> "Oh, this was amazing." And again, even though this will be after the Halloween season, there is a possibility for Christmas. So, and always next year. And there's even a possibility you might be part of a tour going on sometime early next year.
3: Yeah, come March, uh, we are going to be hooking up and doing a uh, tour. Um, a good friend Doug from The Haunt is going to be helping putting that together. Uh, so if, if you're interested in coming and seeing some of the Midwest's homegrown horrors, come on out and uh, be a part of that tour and visit some of these great haunts. I think everybody in this area really has a good show to put on, and they're all different shows. That's the big thing. We have, uh, you know, variety is a spice of life here.
0: Oh, absolutely. So once again, folks, for people, if you're traveling down I-64 or 65 or... However many different interstates pass through the greater Louisville area, Lexington, Indianapolis, even as far as you know Nashville, St. Louis, you're just driving through and you want to come to a really quality haunt which is literally one minute off I-64. What are some websites and social medias where people can get more information, maybe see some photos and just all things American HorrorPlex.
3: So AmericanHorrorPlex.com. American Plex on Facebook. We've got the Twitter, the Instagram, TikTok. Um, also, the thescarefactor.com. Lots of information on there for all kinds of local haunts, including the American HorrorPlex.
0: Are they based in the area?
3: They are. They're about uh, 40, 50 miles uh, it, up into Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Well, Travis Bowling, my friend, it is always a pleasure to see you. This is a great haunt. I'm glad I finally got able to come out here. You know, I, saw, I went to your last haunt during one of the Midwest tours. And you told me that you were shutting that thing down in a couple of years and you were opening this brand new one. I was like, holy crap. And now you're in your fourth year of the American Horrorplex. And it looks like this is going to be a place where you're going to be here for, oh, next 25 years maybe. Who knows?
3: Let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) I, I will be honest. The city is starting to buy a few properties around the area. So uh, maybe, if nothing else, we get a big paycheck and go someplace else. There you go.
0: <laughs> and if they turn them into homes, those poor saps have no idea what they're getting into. <laughs> so once again, folks, look up AmericanHorrorPlex.com. And if you're in the greater Louisville, Kentucky area, come out and see this thing. At some time during the year when they're open, check out all their websites and everything. This is a fantastic place. I've had a great time. I'm going to go check out some of the Midway Fairs here, games and giant chickens to ride. Once again, folks, for the Big Scary Show, my name is Drew Badger, and we are out. In 1897, Dr.
5: Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drive Where are we? Jerry Bane takes you into Black Moon Asylum,
1: a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at
0: jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Here we go. It's that one right here. Hello everybody, yeah. Drew Badger here. We are live in Lawndale, North Carolina at the Haunted Pyramids. You know, I've been working here all season and talking with a lot of cool people brett wagner naomi grossman ari lehman and somebody i talked to at midsummer scream in long beach california Uh, just a perfect gentleman a great guy he's out here for halloween night mr daniel roebuck A.K.A. Grandpa Munster in the new Rob Zombie film. He's been in Matlock. He's, he's part of the Star Wars universe, I think, now, and so many other things. Daniel's making an appearance out here. How you doing, Mr. Robuck? Oh, I'm
13: good, yeah. You're, hold on, Grandpa. That's his grandpa. I just wanted to say hello. Okay, now I'm going to let Danny Robuck talk. Look, they're scary people on the other side of the wall. It's ridiculous, but what's funny is, in the old days, we didn't need a change we'd sneak right up and bite him on the neck okay then go ahead thank you grandpa well,
0: it was nice to have grandpa here also making an appearance during a thing and of course here in the chainsaws we're here right near the end of one of the uh scary points of the haunted pyramids dan you've been out here you've been signing autographs you've been meeting fans and everything what are people mostly talking to you about
13: well they're you know we're talking about the monsters a lot i think uh people i don't think it i know people love this movie and they love that Rob Zombie reinvented the uh, the idea of the monsters, and they want a sequel. That's what they're oh telling Lord.
0: me. Oh, Lord. You know, you, you just can't do something like this without thinking that there's going to be a sequel in the works.
13: Amen to that. And, of course, we'd all love to do a sequel. Uh, well, I don't know if Mitchell Zombie would, but I would love <laughs> to do a sequel
0: so there you go and of course you know you've been making appearances left and right and you've been working on some movies in, in the uh, meantime since we've chatted what's going on in the life of Daniel Roebuck where are you going to be making some appearances between now and say the end of the year
13: well I think we're done uh, with uh, personal appearances until we'll be at um, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry Days of the Dead in Atlanta in January uh, but that's a great show yeah they're great people Uh, I am traveling uh, next to Connecticut, we're uh, we're doing what's called location scouting for a movie I'm directing uh, and acting in, and um, you know, we we stay busy, there's a little more work on Jedi Survivor to be done, Uh, we're doing that too, Uh, and I'm shooting a movie called Uncivil Wars in Florida uh, starting next week, so no rest for the weary. (laughs) And again,
0: Daniel Roebuck, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to speak to us here on The Big Scary oh, Show.
13: We're actually shaking hands even though you can't see it.
0: Yeah, that, that's why it's radio. It, it, it's great for <laughs> non-visual. And, of course, we're speaking in almost total darkness, too,
13: yeah. in the
0: back of the Haunted Pyramids. For people wanting to follow some of your convention appearances, I know you're going to Days of the Dead Atlanta, which means you might do some of the other Days oh, of yeah, the Dead's. Yeah. But um, where can people find that information with websites and social medias? Oh,
13: thank you for asking. Please follow uh, Mr. Daniel Roebuck on facebook and on instagram and twitter Uh, you can always find me there and find out what's going on thank you so much and happy halloween
0: happy halloween everybody once again folks drew badger out here at the haunted pyramids with daniel roebuck aka grandpa munster aka the count aka we're having a good time out here we are out
1: Thomas, Music for Haunts, A Lonely Hell, on the Big Scary Show. <laughs>
0: Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We're live at the Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky. We're hanging out with all the cool kids, celebrities, vendors, and, of course, we like to talk to owners every now and then, especially at a show such as this, which is, you know, just packed with so many people. It's got to be considered a success, but I got Brandon Griffith here of the Scarefest. It's a busy day, and it's really just kind of gotten started. Yes, we had people line up this morning at 5 a.m.,
14: and we have been working, uh, working the lines all day. We've gotten uh, a lot of people checked in. There's still a lot of people outside, but we're working right along.
0: So I assume pre-show sales were very strong because there were a lot of people who just basically like flashed something and they walked right in or got whatever they needed to do in order to go through here. But um, I can only imagine having to wait in those lines, seeing all those people. Well, you know, uh, when you walk moving. outside, yeah.
14: Now we're we're moving them. Now, when you walk outside, like as an owner, and you see lines, there's two things. You're happy that there's so many people here, but at the same time, you're scared to death about getting everybody in, making sure it's orderly. But I've got a great team. They worked the line very well this morning. It stayed consistent. We got a lot of people in, uh, got them where they wanted to be, and really some outside-the-box thinking and and moving it along. I'm really happy
0: with them. And, of course, you see that line, and you also think, oh, God, they're all going to be so mad at me because they're going to have to wait in line for – who knows how long to get in sometimes? Do you know when I walk the line,
14: because uh, we, we go back there because sometimes, you know, Saturday morning's busy. And so people's got photo ops and things like that. So we, we go out there and we get those people in so they don't miss anything. But I walk that line. I talk to everybody. I've never had anybody in a line mad at me outside. Excellent. Uh, we go out there. We we, we talk to them. Uh, the guys that were in line for Robert England 2 a.m. On, on Friday. Holy cow. Uh, we got them... Uh, Went out, and got them some water and coffee. Uh, people, people understand. You know, lines are part of the convention process, but you got to move them along, and you got to make them as quick as possible.
0: You, you got to understand. You know, it's so crowded, nobody comes anymore. You know, that's the old, the old adage there. But no, they're coming, and I think people are just tired of staying home for the last couple of years. You know, you know, some conventions shut down, and some are back. Some never came back, but you guys have been strong at your 14th year. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, I can't even imagine what it takes to put on a show of this magnitude. Well, one thing
14: to to what you were speaking to, I'm an older guy. And when I go to a show, I like to have room. I like to walk around. And so one thing that we try to do here is use really good space. Like, I don't, like, have narrow aisles. We We don't try to pack people into sections. Now, this year we went about 15 foot on each one. Most people do 10. Uh but now I think it shows off. It's not too bad. If you've been to a Comic-Con or, or something like that where there's like 40,000 in Yeah, yeah, you can't move. I'm too old for that. I don't like it. It makes me not enjoy it. So that we go into that mindset with it. Now the planning, I mean, as soon as this one's over with, we'll take a week to lick our wounds. I'll sleep for five days, and then we will start going right at it for next year.
0: I can only imagine, you know, the, the hard work, your staff, your volunteers, your paid people, You know, just, you know, wrangling people like, you know, getting Robert England here and getting Kane Hodder here and and Bill Mosley and all the A-list and B-list and sometimes C-list, but, you know, people who have their own fans, their own fan bases, and and people travel to come to this one because you have a lot of people that, you know, frankly, a lot of shows don't. Everyone tries to get Robert England. Everyone tries to get the person X, Y, Z, but you have a lot of paranormal guests. You have a lot of artists that show up, which I think is really cool, a lot of authors, there, there's something here for everybody. Yeah, we have uh, we have people coming in from Europe,
14: uh, the West Coast, uh, New York. Uh, I met a family this morning that had uh, driven here from uh, Houston. Wow. And so I got well, them. I drove some...
0: from Charlotte, so, you know. That, no,
14: that's that, that's a good haul. <laughs> now, and, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate those guys coming all this way, but, yeah, the planet goes into it. We have got the best staff. I would
0: take the Pepsi challenge with any of them. <laughs> um, And and if you're old like us, you'll know what the Pepsi Challenge is. If you're under the age of, say, 35, you probably have no idea what that is.
14: Essentially, I would put my (laughs) staff against any other show in the nation. They, I think the best way to put it, they care about folks first and foremost, but they have good instincts. They're able to make good decisions on the fly without us having to hold hands. So I trust them.
0: They trust me. I try, to, I try to do the you I can. You're coming in, and it looks like the people are having a great time. I haven't heard anybody complaining about lines. I haven't heard anybody complaining about too many people. You know, I'm going to complain my back's hurting a little bit just because it's a concrete floor and I've been walking for a long time on this and I'm an old man. But, you know, I want to just say congratulations. It looks like this is going to be a yet another probably biggest show ever. It seems that every single year you just keep getting bigger and bigger. And I have to say, I like the new place. When I did a circle yesterday compared to where it was a few years ago, I didn't know if I liked it, but I'm I'm walking it now and and, and it really does work the way you have it set up.
14: Yeah, I got so used to the old building. Like when you switch, like you just have to kind of rework everything and you learn the building as you go along, but I love the space. I think it's awesome. Uh, Lexington's awesome. I mean, it's a horse racing city, but there's a lot of horror fans here too.
0: And it's very welcoming to you. I was in the hotel having breakfast and people were talking Scarefest. The guy at, when they were checking me in, are you here for Scarefest? I mean, look at me, yeah, they, they kind of knew, but you know, people are traveling and people in and around the greater Lexington area are very excited that all these folks and dare I say their cha-ching are very happy that you guys are here that, yeah, we
14: actually, like. I live three miles from this convention center. Oh, you lucky. This job. is my community, <laughs> and I love Scarefest being such a big part of it. And so we try to work with local businesses. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about working together, and, you, and Lexington's really good about that. Do you have dates for next year in Scarefest 15? We don't yet. Uh, so the way we usually do it is we'll close this out. Uh, about a week we'll meet with the center, and we'll talk about things that worked, things that didn't work and then we'll look at what dates we're going for next year. But I love the October dates that we've got now, and we're probably going to look to keep those for next year.
0: Excellent. Well, Brandon Griffin, an honor and a pleasure to speak to you here at the Scarefest. Once again, very, very much congratulatory, and pat yourself on the back several times because this looks like it's going to be a very successful show. I'll pat Adrian on the back. There you go. She's a lot better looking than either of us anyway. But once again, folks, we're here live at the Scarefest. Look for dates next, probably October, for their 15th anniversary show. My name is Drew Badger for The Big Scary Show, and we're out. Your
1: actors, your props, yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Carroll. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Carroll.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios, Creepy Collection, Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Von Caron Productions, and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and More, RabidBadger.org, Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Storm, Rance and More, HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you... We are nothing.
0: The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.